This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday and it is November 1st. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, Major League Baseball officials postponed Monday night's Game 3 of the World Series due to heavy rain. So that now shifts the rest of the series by a day. <laughs> game 3 between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros was moved to today. That means Game 4 will be played on Wednesday and Game 5 will be played Thursday in Philadelphia. If a Game 6 is necessary, it will be played in Houston on Saturday. Saturday, November 5th at 8.03. Game 7 will be played in Houston on Sunday, November 6th, if necessary. Tickets for all games remain valid for the game number on each ticket. The announcement came about an hour before first pitch on Monday and after the Phillies took partial batting practice. Astros pitchers were throwing in the outfield moments before the tarp came out on the field and the rain started up. Parking that was purchased in advance from the Phillies via phillies.com, MLB uh, ballpark app, or over the phone will be able to be used for the rescheduled game tonight. Now, for parking that was purchased at the Phillies lot the day of the game, if you present your receipt uh, from last night, you will be able to park there again tonight. I heard uh, from a few people. I think most for most people, it's just inconvenient. They just have to shift back by day. But I did hear from one guy who specifically made plans for last night. That was the only night that he was able to oh, sure. yeah. 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 And, sure, and so for some people, they're, they're SOL, which really sucks. I feel bad for them. Yeah. So they're, they're out the money that they paid for the tickets? I don't know. I guess they can probably transfer the tickets and maybe get somebody to buy them. But right. this guy was uh, he like he, the only time he could be in Philly was last night. Yeah, so yeah. my friend's uh, son goes to Penn State, and that was the deal. That, he it, came in, yeah. you know, for yeah. college kids and whatever. And yeah. this is going to be, for some, maybe the only opportunity they'll ever have a chance to go to a World Series yeah. game. It sucks, but it's just, you know. There's not much to, you can do. Not much you can do. Yeah. For thousands of fans outside of Citizens Bank Park, it was the Philadelphia police who broke the, no- the news of World Series Game 3 being postponed. An officer over a loudspeaker announced the game is postponed. It will not be played tonight. Go home. Uh, then came to Disappointed fans. Go home. Go home. <laughs> They're very tender. Like Ferris Bueller. What yeah. are you still doing here? Yeah. Uh, then came the disappointed fans walking out of, of the ballpark. Uh, four Philly sports legends are scheduled to throw out the first pitch uh, at Citizens Bank Park for game three. I guess um, that's shifted to tonight. So I'm assuming that all of them will still be there. But it's pretty cool. Um, baseball Hall of Famer, three-time National League MVP and 1980 World Series champion, uh, Mike Schmidt. Basketball Hall of Famer, 76ers legend and 1983 NBA Finals champion, Dr. J. Hockey Hall of Famer, Flyers legend and Stanley Cup champion Bernie Perrant and wow. Philadelphia Eagles defensive end in 2018 Super Bowl champion Brandon Graham. So ah, that's yeah, great. The that's four fantastic. of them are expected to be there tonight to throw out the first pitch. Huh. How do, how do you have four people throw out the first pitch? I don't know what they'll do. Just as long as one finger's on the ball and then they yeah. just yeah. Oh, all of them together. Yeah. <laughs> all four, maybe they'll just do all four of them. It doesn't need to. Or maybe it's a relay, Preston. <laughs> it's not the first pitch, and it's the third who somebody gets uh, the second, second pitch. Third, third. Third. Wow. Come on. Come on. It's I just a ceremony. Stop lying to us. Go home. But then who does tomorrow? Go home. We have four more tomorrow and four more on Thursday. I think I this know. is just a special night for uh, all the champions. You know, it's funny because last night I was expecting we had a, a waves of, of yeah. um, tr- trick-or-treaters. And I'm saying to my wife, I'm saying, okay, there's going to be a lull eventually because people are going to get prepared to, to watch to the game home. and everything. Yeah. And it never came. And I'm like, and then I said, and then I checked and I said, oh, okay, uh, obviously uh, it's been rained out. But uh, we had people, we had friends who had kind of hung a Yui and dropped by the house and let us know that they're 
on their way. Nick, you didn't, you weren't. No, I never even left yeah, my yeah. house. I just was waiting for the alert. Uh, Marissa, I know, made it down to the stadium, but I was in the, my dining room with my dad, and we're just sitting there waiting, and then yeah. we got the alert around. Oh, seven. Well, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, I, like, for me, it was just like, okay, we're just not going to go tonight, and, and tonight... We won't have to worry about um, the weather at all. It'll be a right. great night to be right. down there tonight. So I'm, uh, you know, it's it was inconvenient. It was warm. But it's, it's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We walked in. Um, they kind of were like waving us away, and we were like, "Well, we're gonna go in and like grab a rally." Go home. Kind of celebrate. They still did the fifty fifty. So the oh. fifty fifty was up to up to four dollars. Uh, no, it was like up to like twenty grand. Oh really? Like okay. that. Wow. And they were like selling food and beer. I mean, they prepared all of that food. Oh, yeah. that's so right. You yeah. Think about all of those people walking around. The beer vendors were still selling beers. I mean, people still, you know, had sure. their livelihood yeah, still, for the day. It was still a little disappointing. Like you know what I mean? I feel like everybody sure. had their night plan, like trick or treating. Oh, yeah. We we'll get in by uh-huh. eight. We can watch the game. There's a question. So if you have all that excess food, can <laughs> you bring it to food banks? You got right. Some. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like it's bringing, it's a lot of stuff. Well, that's why we we assume that's why they were letting so many people in. All Part right, of it too, right. right, to sell some of that. Sure, like, yeah, yeah, it's got to yeah. go to waste. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of elements in well, this. And yeah. Marissa, you know, they're preparing for a full house. Oh my know? gosh, yeah. Steve, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so game three will happen tonight, and everything else shifted by a day. Firefighters responded to a fire and explosion at a chemical tank in South Jersey. They declared it a hazardous material situation. It happened at 11:50 last night at the Arawak Paving Company on the 7500 block of Weymouth Road in Hamilton, Atlantic County. Uh, the site sits just off of the Atlantic City Expressway in an otherwise remote area. Authorities said the chemical in the burning tank was used for asphalt. Crews called for multiple water tanker trucks. The fire has been extinguished, and authorities did not report any injuries or evacuations because of the explosion. I think asphalt is the sexiest of the paving options. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way sexier. It's got than the word ass in it. In it. <laughs> Macadam. Oh, wow. That's good. You guys are so mature. There was no big treats. News analysis you can trust. <laughs> there was no big treats from the Halloween night Powerball drawing as none of the tickets wow. sold matched all six numbers. I'm always a little conflicted with this. On one hand... I didn't win. On the yeah. other hand, nobody else nobody won. Else yeah. 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 I yeah, shot at it. We still have a chance. I went down. Mm. Listen, oh, this is the cutest thing. So, Mrs. Cho down in Cho's, the the uh, uh, little convenience yeah. store here in our building. Right. Uh, they sell lottery tickets. So I was about ready to walk out the door, and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute! Got to turn around. I got to go get a ticket. Yeah, yeah. Go down there, and she did this the last time too, because I bought last week as well. When you buy a ticket, at least she does this with me. I'm sure she does it with others. So you buy the ticket. Or she prints it up, she brings it over, and she places it in both her hands yeah. and oh. claps it together and goes, please, please, please. <laughs> oh. I love her. Isn't that That's awesome? That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so sweet. <laughs> and, and of That's course, great. you know, she gets a chunk of money yeah. if they... Uh, Good to see you, Preston. If you would as well. Yeah. Like, please, 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 please. Oh, like, that's adorable. Oh. She did it the last two oh, times. Not Casey, though. There. I don't like him. No, she doesn't do that for me. <laughs> Just Preston. <laughs> the lack of a winner. I do it for Nick. He buys bananas. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, there's no bananas would... down there? Uh, they used they to. Used I yeah. haven't been down in years. Okay. <laughs> the lack of a winner means the next drawing Wednesday night will be for a massive $1.2 billion jackpot. The Powerball numbers drawn Monday night for the estimated $1 billion prize were 13, 19, 36, 39, 59, and the Powerball was 13. The power play was 3X. There were 13 tickets sold with five numbers, but missing the Powerball number. Two each were sold in California, Florida, New York, Ohio, and Texas, and one each in Indiana, Michigan, and Oklahoma. Although the advertised top prize Wednesday will be an estimated $1.2 billion. That is for w- winners who receive their winnings through an annuity paid over 29 years. 
Uh, winners almost always opt for cash, which means Wednesday night's drawing will be an estimated $596 million. <laughs> what did your financial guy... Uh, was it, is somebody... he, said, he said, take the sum, uh, and he had given me a quick... Here, I'll pull it up real quick. This was uh, yesterday's number. Yeah. And, and this was on the uh, the thought that you would uh, you would pocket $300 million, I think right. you said. So the... He said the current guaranteed tax-free interest on three hundred million would be around ten to twelve million annually. <laughs> tax-free, tax-free wow. interest. That's your interest. That's what you make take it all. Every what? take it all. So he's like, take the yeah, lump yeah. sum. He flat out said, take the big one. Wow. Yeah, take the lump sum. Oh my gosh, yeah. Powerball holds the world record for the largest jackpot set in two thousand sixteen in sports this morning. The Phillies and the Astros had their game rained out last night in South Philly. So game three of the World Series is tonight. Because of the postponement, it allows the Phillies to adjust their pitching rotation. Monday night's rainout allows for Ranger Suarez to make the game three start instead of Noah Syndergaard. Aaron Nola will start game four on Wednesday night, and Syndergaard will start game five on Thursday unless he's needed in relief in games three and four. In that case, Kyle Gibson, who pitched one and a third inning in the last 30 days, will get the call. The adjustment served as confirmation that staff ace Zach Wheeler is experiencing an issue with his right arm. Wheeler was hit hard in Game 2 on Saturday. The first pitch for Game 3 of the World Series tonight is scheduled for just after 8 o'clock. The Sixers beat the Wizards 118-111 to last night. In- <laughs> James Harden scored 23 points and had 17 assists as the Sixers got back to 500 with the win despite missing Joel Embiid, who was out because of a non-COVID-19 related illness. Tyrese Maxey added 28 points. And George Niang made all four of his three-pointers in the second half, including three in the fourth quarter. The Sixers won their third straight to close the road trip and move to 4-4. Four and four. The Sixers and Wizards play each other again tomorrow night. The start time was moved up to 6 o'clock because the World Series will be across the street. In Monday Night Football, Nick Chubb, Chubb rushed for two touchdowns, and the Cleveland Browns defense frustrated Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals as the Browns won 32-13. to 13. And the Flyers are on the road tonight with a game in New York City against the Rangers. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you so much, Kathy. Welcome to Tuesday morning and post-Halloween. Hopefully everybody is doing well today. We do have some things planned for this morning. Uh, There is a guy that um, Pierre had met at the Philadelphia Film uh, Festival. Yes. uh, It was last week. Uh, He is a writer and director, a local guy, producer as well, and he's got a film called Rittenhouse Square. His name is Brandon Eric Kamen. And while Pierre was talking to him and he got audio of this, uh, he had asked him if he, you know, was familiar with WMMR being from the area. He's like, man, hell yeah. He goes, Preston and Steve. <laughs> so he mentioned us by name, and he's got this film that stars Nick Nolte and was shot in Rittenhouse Square. So he's going to come by this morning and talk about it. It had two screenings, I believe, at the Philadelphia um, uh, f- uh, Film uh, Festival. Right. Uh, so we'll- His career's definitely uh, on yeah. the rise. He's uh, he's doing big things. So we will talk to him this morning in our studio. And then uh, we also have comedian Pat House stopping by. He's got a show at Helium. Uh, next Tuesday and Wednesday, Pat is a longtime friend of the show, so he's going to stop by and uh, give us some love for his program. Coming up, and we have Tattoo Tuesday, a chance for you to win a Preston and Steve themed tattoo today. So text word tattoo to 39333. That is up and running right now, so you can go ahead and do that. And by the end of the program, we'll grab a random winner, and that person gets $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing for your own Preston and Steve 
themed tattoo. And we are now officially less than one week away from Camp Out for Hunger. <laughs> uh, we will be, obviously, in the Xfinity area of the uh, Wells Fargo Center complex. And we are hoping that you're going to join us. All the details at WMMR.com. There's still the uh, Head Start at Acme. So when you stop by and you're, yeah. you're just uh, shopping at Acme, you can make a donation at checkout. I did it yesterday. Uh, the challenge, uh, the business challenge uh, uh, is obviously up and running. And we have the fill-a-trunk uh, camp-out car show this weekend on Sunday as well. So there are a lot of things. We're getting ready for this. But less than a week, we'll be broadcasting live once again our 25th year. Of doing this event, it's insane. What's very cool is we're coming back with a full camp out for our 25th year. Yep. It's going to feel right. And a reunion uh, is taking place yeah. on Monday of uh, in, in honor of 25 years of doing this. Uh, a, a big chunk of our old radio staff at W at uh, Y100, yeah, uh, who were there for the first year, are going to be showing up on Monday morning. So if it's you pretty cool. if you grew up with our program and you remember people. Uh, like Leanne Curtis, we're going to see if Brett Hamilton can come out, and uh, and Monkey Boy, and who knows who else yeah, yeah. Uh, from the old radio station. So uh, that might be kind of fun. Yeah, uh, our old program director Jim McGuinn is going to be there. It'd be so, great to see Jim. Yeah, so it should be pretty cool. So we're getting set for next week. Make sure that you at some point. Uh, come down to be a part of this. We'd love to see you. Especially it, if you've never done it before. We want the repeats. We want the people to have been coming for years and years, obviously, because it's wonderful. Sometimes uh, that's the only time we see some people. Right. Uh, they make this annual trip out, and uh, but we'd like to see some new faces as well. It'd be great. Yeah, especially if you've just always wanted to be there, never had a chance to come out. Please make the plans. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. The stack of entertainment stories to share with you, as well as a stupid question, things to give away. When we get back, we'll get to it all. Hang in there. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Hey, Window Nation brings the best of the home show savings right into your home. You can get two free windows with every two you buy with no limit, plus pay no interest for 60 months. Go to windownation.com slash home show and use their free virtual visualizer to see how their window options will look on your home. But hurry, these once a year home show savings end soon. Get two windows free with every two you buy and pay no interest for five full years. Call today, 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com slash home show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Stupid question this morning. Give away a pair of tickets to see the band live. They're going to be playing Friday, November 18th at the Excite Center inside Parks Casino. The question that we go with this morning is which country has hosted the most Olympic Games? Mm. 215-263-WMMR. If you know the answer, call right now. Which country has hosted the most Olympic Games? I'll go through some birthdays today being Tuesday, November First, uh, include uh, Tony Collette's uh, birthday, and it's a big one for her. She is fifty years old, and she has filmed a few movies here. In she sure has, yeah. Uh, the Sixth Sense was a big one for her, obviously, and um, was it In Her Shoes? I yeah, think it was, was the name Karen of that one. Diaz? Uh, yes, that? yeah, and that was shot oh, here yes. in Philadelphia. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. That she was does, a good movie. Yeah, yeah it was cute. a spot on America, and, and she had the Philadelphia accent nailed. She did. She was amazing. Yeah, uh, and she can she can put on any accent. Yeah, she's just yeah. one of those amazing, talented. What was she? The United uh, actresses, States of. Terra. Oh my God, United Terra, yeah. States. That was messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. She had multiple personalities, right? She had multiple personalities, uh. and the only scene that I have taken from it never leaves my mind is one of her personalities um, was up at night, and her parents were staying with her to kind of watch over her, and uh, the parents wake up, and she is squatting over them and peeing on them. Uh, okay, well, okay. Oh, I used to do that. I think, was her breakout role at Muriel's Wedding? Yeah. I think, and that's a strange movie, it's too. It's a strange movie. She also had, like, 30 extra pounds yeah, on her. Yeah, yeah, and uh, she kind of seems like, almost like a method person that can, like, change her physical appearance yeah. and all that. So, yeah, anyhow, super talented. She's 50 today. Uh, Jenny McCarthy has a birthday as well. Former Playboy. Bye-bye, Jenny. Bye-bye, Jenny. Uh, and a big one for her. Same as Tony Collette. She turns 50 years old. Big 5 so She's with uh, Donnie Wahlberg still? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. And uh, that I, I cannot watch The Masked Singer. Not even for a second. <laughs> Is she on that? Oh, and I, I don't give oh, it the time of day. Oh, my God. And the quote-unquote celebrities that they I just... Know. And that they know them. They're oh. like, oh, my yeah. Oh, my God. It's Ireland's number eight rugby player. Yep. yep. Uh, so 50 for her and uh, several uh, milestone birthdays today. We just played Red Hot Chili Peppers. It is Anthony Kiedis' 60th birthday Whoa, today. Really? Yeah, right? Yeah, he turned 60 years old today. That guy has a hell of a story, especially yeah. with his father, who was the actor. You remember the scene in uh, Lethal Weapon, that the first one in the Christmas tree section in the beginning, and yeah. he's one of the criminals. But he's, he's the guy that holds the gun on him. And he's the one that sort of got... Anthony uh, exposed to drugs because he was a drug abuser. He was a he was a single dude. He was a partier. Yeah. He was yeah. out, you know, bouncing around and took his kid along with the, for the ride. <laughs> it's and, tough, and it kind of messed him up a little bit. Yeah. But then again, Anthony's had this incredible success. Yes. and you don't know. So, so take a stab at drugs and see if it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I just want you to try this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Anthony turns six years old today, and the, and the band is still you oh. know, performing like crazy. On this fire. Latest album is great, or at least the tracks that I've heard off of it. I'm, I very much approve. Albums. Uh, yeah, correct. Two, two uh, double albums. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, uh, a guy we've had by here before from Def Leppard, Rick Allen, drummer of the band, uh, celebrates his 59th birthday today. <laughs> is that you doing that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's hard with one arm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lost his arm in a car accident and uh, continued on with the band. Pretty impressive yeah. uh, to be able to do that, really. What a nice guy, too. Yeah, he was very nice. He's uh, 59 years old today. Actor Logan Marshall Green. Oh, not Tom Hardy. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes can't tell the difference. Yeah. Like in Upgrade, uh, yes. he looks very similar to Tom Hardy. That's a pretty badass movie, man. I the, I love that movie, and that movie leaves you disturbed. There's yes. sort of a, like a sour feeling when it wraps up. Very much so. Uh, but it's really well done. It's Lee Wanell who did it. Um, he was also in Spider-Man Homecoming. He played uh, Shocker. There were two kind of Shocker characters right. in that movie, and he was the first one. This one just used to the fingers. Uh, Stevie, he was also in, <laughs> he was also in Devil, and I know you like that movie. He's great. Yeah, I he, made the mistake of accidentally seeing the end of the movie. Oh, first while surfing oh. channels, I'm like, well, there you go, <laughs> there you go. I, I don't, I, I can't watch the movie now because the whole thing is a mystery of who's the 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 bad person. And he, yeah, so, I don't want to anyway, give away. I yeah. love that movie, and it didn't get do critically all that well. You know, uh, Night Shyamalan produced, produced it. it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he is 46 today, Logan Marshall Green. And then actress uh, Natalia Tena, uh, who she played a great character in the Harry Potter universe, Tonks. 
Uh, and she also was in About a Boy. She's kind of the the girl, the cool girl that the yeah. kid befriends. Oh yeah, uh, at school. And yeah, she's uh, she's cute, uh, solid actress. She is uh, thirty eight years old today. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to this question. Uh, which country has hosted the most Olympic Games? Two one five two six three WMMR, and we. We'll go to Joyce and see if we can get an answer. Hi there, Joyce. Hi. All right, Joyce. Which country? Bother you guys at work. <laughs> it's okay. We'll let it slide. Which country has hosted the most <laughs> Olympic Games, please? The United States. USA. USA. Yes, you are right, Joyce. Hang on. We're going to give you a pair of tickets to see the band live. They are playing. Friday, November 18th, the Excite Center in Parks Casino in Ben Salem. We are presenting the show, 21 and older event, and tickets are sold out. But you can check out other great upcoming events at parkscasino.com. It's kind of interesting because I thought it would have been Greece. Uh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, yep, no. But apparently we've had... I guess we have we can do the winter and summer Olympics here and at several different True, spots. True, yeah. So. There was less skiing in ancient Greece. All right, so it appears that uh, Kim Kardashian didn't get the memo. On Sunday, uh, she posted a selfie of herself with blackish star Tracy Ellis Ross to her Instagram stories, writing that time I showed up to a birthday dinner in full costume <laughs> when it wasn't a costume party. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, she mistakenly donned her Mystique costume to the birthday dinner. Uh, on Saturday, Ross posted a montage of photos and videos of herself throughout the years. The audio that accompanied the compilations from a recent interview she did with Today in response to how she felt about turning 50. Ross said, I'm very excited about it. I have always loved getting older. Uh, she said, if you told me in my 20s and my teens that I was going to someday... Uh, that I would actually uh, could do scary things and I could be comfortable even when I was uncomfortable... That I could live life on life's terms. That I could intuitively handle situations which used to baffle me. That I had an unbreakable, unshakable foundation for life underneath me. Shut the f*** up! Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I would have said there's no way because I was scared and I was uncomfortable in my skin. And all She is a hero, isn't she? Who prattles on about themselves like that? That's a bit much. Yeah. So Come on. Let somebody else do that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. She's unbreakable. Doesn't she have an agent? And unshakable. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Stop the music. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. Stop. Go home. Go home. <laughs> um, by the way, Kim's uh, costume was pretty cool. That was damn good. Mm-hmm. Steve costume. But the thing is, is that do they get... When we know that they go to, to top special effects artists and makeup artists and oh, designers yeah. to put the, put it on for them. It doesn't count they as get much. Po- no. You it's like get buying a, a prefab. Yeah, you don't get as many points. Uh, but nonetheless, it still looks pretty cool. Uh, Sylvester Stallone got candid about his marriage in an interview with the Sunday Times. Uh, he and his wife of 25 years, Jennifer Flavin, almost got divorced in August. Of course, we know that story. And then they got back together a month later. So Sly said... Uh, let's just say that it was a very tumultuous time. Tumultuous time. Very tamale time. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much tamales and uh, tacos. It's tamale time. Yeah. It's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> you know what they say when they get on the school bus? What? Peanut butter. <laughs> oh, school bus. I heard scubas. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> school bus. Peanut butter. Uh, but he said, yes, let's just say it was a very tumultuous time. It's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Okay. I do my dance. 
He said there was a reawakening of what was more valuable than anything, which is my love for my family. <laughs> it takes precedence over my work, and that was a, a hard lesson to learn. And there have been a number of precedents. <laughs> like Eisenhower. <laughs> no, no, those are precedents? <laughs> oh. It's a different, right. different word. I'm being very tomatious. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> we'll work through this. Stallone had it. <laughs> Stallone. There's a vice president. No. no. <laughs> I'm hoping there's more big words in this yeah, story. <laughs> Stallone added that he wants to devote more time to his five children. He said, uh, I didn't pay enough attention when they were growing up. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough admission, I'm sure. It is. He said, I was so career oriented. I didn't even know I had children. He said, I was so career oriented. And who are you? And I now go, okay. I don't have that much runway up ahead, and I want to start asking them about their lives. His daughters are gorgeous. Yeah, they, they are taller. You know, they're, I, they take after her, clearly, and right. she's got the height. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they patched that up. Yep. Hey, uh, speaking of patching things up, not happening with uh, Giselle Bunchen and Tom Brady. In fact, a source, a source says that uh, she's doing fine in light Nothing of her... In light of her divorce from Tom Brady. In part of course she is. Because she's accustomed to doing things on her own. A source said, with the divorce, Giselle is dealing with issues uh, that have been plaguing her for a long time. The source explains that the split from Brady uh, was hard at first uh, for Bunchen, but enough time has passed and she's setting in. The mother of two has lived her own life for years while Tom played football, so she is not afraid to do things by herself. The funny thing is that we're hearing this this way now, and it seems like it's like just... Astonishingly quickly. So this had to be almost at the ass end of it by the time we heard it was all going on. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it had been dwindling, and then I think the the right. retirement and and rescinding of that was was the final nail. She was probably they, they probably thinking, okay, here's a chance for us to maybe right take things to a different level and and find the spark that we might have been missing for a while. And then when he said, I'm going back, it's like... Yeah. It's too tamale. To it's too tamale yeah. now. I also have a hard time hearing her say doing it by herself. I have a hard time believing she did anything <laughs> by herself. She's, she's not a single mother. She's No, right. she's not. She's, she's not very well No, 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 no. But, but I, I mean, know. no, no. Lived her own life for years is what they're saying. Okay. So, so she... Me, meaning... She's able to just be on without her companion. Yes, right, you know what I mean. Right, that yeah. doesn't mean no, she's not, not having help. Yeah. You know, but yeah. of course these people are getting help. They have more money than God. So whatever. I hope she can meet someone. Uh, you yeah. know, well, <laughs> it's probably hard for her, man. A bunch of main focus and priority remain on the children. I the want sources. to lend me three testicles. Uh, her mood is up <laughs> and jovial around uh, her son Benjamin Rain, who is twelve and a half, nine and a half year old daughter Vivian Lake, who the supermodel shares with Brady. By the way, uh, Tom has made some comments now. Yeah, he came out and made announcements. Uh, yeah. So here we go. He speaks about the divorce. There's a lot of professionals in life that go through things that they deal with at work and they deal with at home, and obviously the good news is things that. It's a very amicable situation, and I'm really focused on two things, taking care of my family and certainly my children, and secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. So that's what professionals do. All right, and then he talks about his priorities Yes, in this clip. You know, everyone's going through different things. We all have our unique challenges in life, and we're all humans, and we do the best we could do. And I have incredible parents that have always taught me the right way to do things, uh, you know, I want to be a great father to my children and always try to do things the right way as well. I wonder, so he uh, had been with Bridget Monaghan, right? Is she, um, 
Is she single now? Is or is she still? Yeah, I don't know what the story is with her. If she's uh, that'd be cray cray, wouldn't it? Uh, what was that? Oh, what if he got back he got together? Back together? No, yeah. uh, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if she's uh, seen anybody or not. She's, so. uh, all right, so her name and Pete Davidson's names were, were said in the same sentence what? for a second. For a second, okay. Before oh, Giselle Bunchen? No, 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 no. Giselle no, Bunchen was yeah. so so. Pete Davidson was mentioned as a potential boy toy for Giselle Bunchen. We'll see if that all plays out. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, Bridget's been married to a guy named uh, Andrew Frankel uh, since 2015. We're, we're Team Bridget Monahan. We are. She retweeted yeah. uh, stuff about the Camp Out for Hunger one time, and she's a she's a cool person. Clearly, yeah. we need to we need to get we'll back in touch to with her. her. All right. So, what else I have here for you? Uh, let's see. Donald Faison, his seven year old daughter Wilder, uh, could not be cuter, dressed up as Donnie from Clueless for Halloween. <laughs> Uh, in a photo shared on Instagram on Monday, Faison, who starred in the 1990 film, sits on the stairs behind Wilder with a priceless look on his face as she owns the character. He is so... Have You You have yet to see Clueless, don't that, you? I have yet to see Clueless. I yep. consider that a perfect movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, flip phone and all. And he also shared a photo of his nine-year-old son, Rocco, dressed up as Alan Iverson. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That is very nice. cool. I always liked uh, uh, Donald Faison, too. Uh, let's see. E! News reports that White Lotus fans are taking to social media to comment over Theo James' Theo! nude scene. Oh, my God, yeah. From the season two premiere. So, I watched it last night. Uh, season two. Full frontal? Uh, not full frontal, but they are implying that this dude's got a huge dong. Yeah, in fact, one person tweeted, I love prestige television. Me seeing Theo James' huge D on the White Lotus. Another shared a photo from the scene and wrote, the uh, the award goes to Theo James for White Lotus. <laughs> My uh, wife and I just started watching Nikki Recommended It, yeah. and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's got a, a lot. Uh, the location is just breathtaking. Yeah, so the location in the first season is the oh. Four Seasons in Maui. Yeah. And the location in the second season is Sicily. Uh, the only characters that come back from the first season are Jennifer Coolidge uh, and then a man that she ends up meeting. Steve, you'll get it in a few right. episodes in. Uh, they're back for season two, and then an entirely new cast for season two, uh, including Michael Imperioli, who's going to be on our show tomorrow. But Theo James is um, a, a handsome dude, and he uh, basically strips down and gets naked in the in the first episode. Uh, you see his hiney, and then you <laughs> oh, see what's hanging. You see what's hanging beneath it. Oh, yeah, you do. yeah, and he's he's trying on a new uh, bathing suit, and he's doing it in front yeah. of. Um, uh, the actress from uh, Community, I can't, uh, Aubrey Plaza, yeah, and sh- they're not together. So he's doing this in front of her, in front of a mirror, and the uh, Parks and Rec, you mean, right? Uh, Parks and Rec, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, at Aubrey Plaza, and so they're doing that. He's doing it in front of the mirror, but they are not a couple. Okay. Yeah, he's dongling away there, and I recognize this dude. He was in Divergent. He was in that. Uh, yeah, that got a big Johnson, right? Yeah, it looks like yeah. it. Almost like a tamale hanging down there. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's dong is very tamale. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is, I'm sorry to segue from a fun penis story right. okay. uh, to a really sad story. Uh, according Aww. to E! News, Cormac Roth, the 25-year-old son of Pulp Fiction actor Tim Roth and stylist Nikki Butler died earlier this month after a battle with cancer. Oh, my God. Yeah, 25 years old. Cormac was diagnosed with stage 3 germ cell cancer. Never heard of that. No, in November 2021. So, yeah, Tim, Tim Roth was just on She-Hulk. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was I, great. I, I agreed. I was cool to see that character come back. Uh, the family said in a statement he died peacefully in the arms of his family. Holy Christ. Who loved and adored him. Yeah, it's that was be horrible. Yeah, uh, he fought with incredible bravery for the past year. 
maintained his wicked wit and humor to the very end, they said. That's just sad news. Um, Now, this is uh, a little bit better than that, but Michael J. Fox and Tracy Poland spoke with Entertainment Tonight at the funny thing happened on the way to the cure uh, on the way to cure Parkinson's gala in New York City on Sunday uh, they commented on their lives as empty nesters Fox said it's an empty nest but it's not really an empty nest because they're all back tonight uh, but we all get together enough that we're not heartbroken and Tracy said yeah we're empty nesters well it's not as empty as you would think. When you have four, there's usually somebody home. There's like a straggler, usually. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Uh, she said, it, but it's fun, and we enjoy the stragglers. So they are, uh, they're, you know, their kids are growing up, but I, uh, I they s- still have them hanging about. Absolutely. I saw him recently. Uh, I forget who was interviewing him, but he was pretty um, pretty good, you know? So I don't know if uh, it's new medication or new treatment or whatever, but he's, he seems to be holding his own. Good. Um, I showed this to Kathy, uh, I think yesterday. Madonna went completely oh. topless in a series <laughs> of vomit-inducing racy photos. And I mean that with all the respect. On her Instagram account. Preston uh, just walked up to me. He goes, Madonna's still so beautiful. Oh, my God. Right, she looks you. like a looks like a creature. Uh, she continues to and again with all due respect, shock her fans on the social media platform. Uh, the 64-year-old material girl uploaded two images uh, to her Instagram stories that showed off her bare breasts, but kept to the platform's guidelines by covering her nipples with little emojis. So my new book, Sex 2. She went from candy to money, the singer captioned the picture, then covered up her breast with a candy emoji and bag of money emoji. I'd protect her modesty and not ruin the risk of getting banned from Instagram. Uh, for both photos, Madonna is dressed in a golden corset oh bottom, but without the top, while standing in what could be called uh, her beauty and glam room, con- uh, considering all the various makeup and mirrors in the background. Yeah, it looks like a so bathroom. I, I was pointing out to Kathy, it looks like her cleavage <laughs> looks like it was stitched together. It's really weird. It's odd. I think she's had... Uh, she's had all some, kinds of, of course, all she pro- sorts of stuff. At some point, she probably didn't like the way her cleavage looked. And yeah. so she said, all right, fix this, do yeah. this. I mean, she is just uh, like a wax figure at this yeah. point. What, she, what is this? She probably could have aged nicely if she didn't tinker around. But she's done the lip thing. She's done the nose well, and thing. The problem she's with- done the, the eyes thing. It, she's getting that feline look. Steve, the, the problem, too, is uh, like how old is she? You know what I'm saying? She's making herself. She's 63, 64. What, she's making herself look like she's tr- trying to look yeah. like she's 30 years Stop younger. It. Like, yeah. at some point, you have to show a little age. Yep. I don't know what she's done, but her vagina now sits on the middle of her chest. Um, <laughs> she has her long locks styled and straight with the exception of a few braids at the top of her head and in a brownish color, which looks to be the remnants of when she recently dyed her hair pink. In the first image, she can be seen leaning forward, the breast taking front and center while flashing a seductive look on her face. So, yes. on. Uh, the racy images are seemingly all part of a promotion for the 30th anniversary of her groundbreaking fifth studio album, Erotica, which originally dropped on October 20th, 1992. And the album was released simultaneous with her first book publication, Sex, a coffee table book containing explicit photographs featuring a whole bunch of different people. So. Yes. Uh, so she's been, I, I guess she's been up in arms because she feels, or, or at least complaining that the, the uh, like, Megan Thee Stallion and uh, Cardi B are... Uh, have capitalized off the groundwork that she, but that's what like, happens. That's what happens. That's what yeah. that you as an as as an influencer in right. that industry, 
you you do that, you move on. You have it's the new guard, and and the new guard came like two guards ago, like yeah. maybe three guards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did she do an entire video where she essentially was Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, and and then, there same, thing. Yeah. same thing. Exactly, Casey. Good point. She wants to go in both directions, like her breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate the picture. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see what else we have here for you. Uh, this was back to a little more sad and, and, uh, and sweet as well. But Bob Saget's grave has finally gotten a headstone nine months after the comedian's death at 65. Uh, the full house legends touching epitaph reads loving and devoted husband, father, son, uncle, brother, and friend. He brought people together and made them laugh. A very great man. Can't argue with that. Uh, the headstone bears his full name, which is Robert L. Saget. Uh, his grave is located in Mount Sinai Memorial Park Cemetery in Los Angeles. It was also adorned by a bouquet of yellow flowers. Still F's me up to think of it. We had talked to him just a while before his death, and it was one of the best conversations. Such a nice guy. I, I have a hard time believing it. It's it, yeah. it not registered with me that he's actually gone. I know. Sometimes same things will happen. You have this shock. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk about it, and then maybe... You know, lessening year later, yeah. you hear you, the, 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 things have since gone past, and then you hear about it, and you're getting you're like, oh yeah. For some reason, oh, no. it, Tom Petty's that way with me too. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, and you know, I mean, I was a, I'm a I was a big Petty fan. Not and my wife's an enormous Petty fan, but it's just one of those ones. Oh yeah, that's right. I have yeah. to keep reminding myself. I mm-hmm. saw Bill Burr do stand up about a month and a half ago, and he has a um, it's it's a moment in his act where. Uh, it's the moment where he found out that Bob Saget had passed away, right. and it was, just, uh, you know, I, I can't wait for this to come out on, because I'm sure he's filming a special. Right. But Was it touching? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not was touching. was it Bill Burian? Uh, uh, it was very Bill Burian. Okay. It really, really was, but it was like, I, you know, just, I, I don't, you know what, I don't want to give away anymore. Okay. I don't want right. to give away anymore, but it was just, you know, you're, you're saying you can't believe it. Right. Very yeah. Tamalian. Yeah, very, very Tamalian. Tamalius. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. In an upcoming episode of the Drew Barrymore Talk Show, uh, the host revealed that when she was a child working on ET, she actually believed that the animatronic puppet was an actual living creature. Uh, Barrymore, you made, are very stupid. Uh, she made the revelation in a clip on her social media depicting a reunion uh, for the film's 40th anniversary with her. Dee Wallace, who was her yeah. mother, and Henry Thomas and Robert McNaughton, who played her brothers in the film. Uh, the clip opens with her saying, Now, I believed that E.T. was real, and all the other actors enthusiastically agreed as they all well remembered how Barrymore treated the other, quote, co-star back during filming. Henry Thomas, who played Elliot, said, uh, The first thing I remember is that we were on stage, and it was quite cold on the stage, and you asked the wardrobe lady if you could have a scarf for E.T.'s neck <laughs> because he was going to get cold, so you wrapped the scarf around Aww. his neck. Listen, uh, I've been in this town for a number of years now. If you want to get anywhere, you got to learn your goddamn lines. <laughs> Do you understand? I don't care how old you are. you got to learn your lines. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Exactly. Uh, waste my time. time, everyone here... Ah, good for you. <laughs> he turns into Christian Bale. Uh, you can see, though, in some of the shots, and they oh. pointed out a couple of them where she is staring. Uh, she looks at the, the Carlo Rambaldi puppet, you know, that was controlled like it was alive. And uh, um, Steven Spielberg wanted to foster that. So they did everything to convince her it was alive. Yeah. I, I, when I heard that story, Press, I couldn't help but think of you telling us about that that uh, Neanderthal caveman mask that you guys had at your house. Yeah, my dad scared me with it. And yeah. you were a little kid, and yeah. and you just, 
you you didn't know any better. You and so that... so the mask kind of hung in our garage yeah. somewhere, and I remember like I couldn't go anywhere near it. I couldn't go anywhere <laughs> near it because I I thought it was real. Sure, yeah. it's what you believe. Come to life. Yep. Uh, but by the way, and um, D. Wallace uh, also had an anecdote about the uh, ET. She said, uh, "We found uh, you over there talking way to ET." She's talking to Drew Barrymore. And so we let Stephen know. So Stephen, from that time on, appointed two guys to keep E.T. alive so whenever you came over to talk to him, he could react to you. Listen, D, after we're uh, done shooting today, you want to go out for a couple drinks? I got uh, a couple fingers I'd like to take out for a spin, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. (laughs) She's a little girl. No, D. I'm talking about mommy. Oh, yeah. D. Okay. No, no, no. She's uh, she's far too old uh, on our planet. We go the other way. Uh, Wallace it's like Benjamin Button on my ET. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace also revealed uh, how she tried to prepare her young co-star for the scenes where ET appeared to be dying. She said, "Being the mother that I am, uh, with all the kids that I work with, I went over and I said, okay, Drew, now we're gonna ha- we're gonna go shoot the scene where ET is dying.' But you know, he's not really dying, sweetheart. He's acting." Just like we are, okay. She said that Barrymore turned to her and said, uh, uh, I know, D. do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I love Dee Wallace. Uh, she's uh, she's terrific. She's also in Cujo. She does a great job. Yeah. All right. Uh, two more quick things. <laughs> they should have uh, had E.T. in the car in Cujo. Oh, my God. We just heard the dog. That, what the hell? Yeah. I come by... I, I come 50 billion miles oh, for this. Across the universe for this. Yeah. To be ripped apart by a dog. Uh, in a recent interview with GQ, Dan Radcliffe addressed the rumors that he'll be starring as an ex-Wolverine in the X-Men franchise. He said it's purely a press tour rumor. I say something and then occasionally I get bored of answering that way. Uh, so I say something different, and that sets it off again. I should just never open my mouth, he said. Uh, after playing Harry Potter for years, Radcliffe added that he doesn't ever want to get locked into something, quote, that I am not sure I will be able to love the same amount the whole uh, time. When does so. a weir- uh, weird uh, premiere? Uh, it's Good question. Be a, I know it's premiering on Roku, but I think it'll be accessible for other people as well. Yeah, don't know the, uh, the release date. On I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. It should be fun. So how, Wolverine in the comics is about 5'5", five, five, right? 5'3". Five, He's like really yeah. short. Maybe maybe 5'3". Right, right. Yeah. Because um, the, the the animal, the Wolverine, is this tiny, yeah. ferocious thing who will take on a bear. Right. And hence the name for the Wolverine, character. He was right. small, and but it didn't matter. He'd stand up to the Hulk. Right. You know, yeah, he didn't yeah. care. So, Steve, it's this weekend on Roku, which I guess means probably some theaters this weekend, too. Yeah, you, right? you yeah. would imagine. All right. He's just a little guy. <laughs> I definitely want to see it, man. All right, and then uh, one more thing. Deadline reports that Parks and Recreation star Nick Offerman and never, rarely, sometimes, always actress Talia Ryder have joined the cast of Dumb Money. Uh, the film centers on the GameStop short squeeze that uh, took place in 2021 when they started to run the value of the company up. I remember this. It was wild. Uh, they'll be joined by Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Sebastian Stan, Pete Davidson, Shailene Woodley. <laughs> These are some huge names. Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, America Ferrara, and others. For that, 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 was a, that was a David and Goliath moment. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, clips. Let's do these. Operating the last blockbuster video store in the United States, Timmy Yoon and his employees fight to stay relevant in the new series Blockbuster. Here, star Randall Park 
explains what he hopes the audience gets from the show. You know, this is a show ultimately about a family, you know, a workplace family, and that, and that, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of love, you know, a lot of love in this family. Uh, and there isn't, you know, there isn't too much commentary on that. It's just kind of naturally what it is. It's our lives. Anyway, <laughs> um, Randall Park is from Ant Man. He's great. He plays the Secret Division. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Blockbuster it, comes out on uh, Netflix this Thursday. There was, uh, and I, if there, it looks like they're lovingly doing the recreation. There was a video store vibe. If you're a little bit um, younger, you don't, you may not realize it, but it was, it was kind of the, it was such a cool thing going to the video store. What yeah. am I going to get? What you know, all totally. that stuff it was. There was a whole thing, a whole protocol. Yeah. Dinner and a movie, man. Absolutely. do that all the time. Uh, next clip. And Dear Zoe, a girl suffers an unimaginable loss and finds support from a surprising source, her biological father. In this clip, Sadie Sink uh, talks about learning to drive a stick for the film. Here we go. I just got my license, like very new to the whole driving thing. And they're like, okay, you got to drive stick. And my mom, she was in the back seat. <laughs> She's taking a video of me learning how to drive. And I guess, you know, things got a little bumpy. I don't know what I did, but we went flying forward. And she goes flying through the back of the truck. I don't give a f- I remember the first time driving a stick as well. Oh, God, yeah. uh, Dear Zoe comes out in theaters on demand this Friday. Buddy. She's really good. She is. She's yeah. fantastic. All right, and there you go. And that's what we have uh, in the entertainment report for you this morning. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll get back in a moment. Uh, joining us on the program later on, uh, director, writer, producer, Brandon Eric Kamen of the film Rittenhouse Square. Longtime MMR listener will be in our studio today. Very cool. Uh, comedian Pat House is stopping by. He's got a show coming up at Helium. And uh, don't forget, Ted Tuesday, chance for you to win. A Preston and Steve-themed tattoo. Text word tattoo to 39333. Coming back in a moment. Stay with us. Preston and Steve's 25th annual Camp Out for Hunger, supporting Phil Abundance at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. Starting Monday, November 7th, they'll be live from inside the Bimbo Bakeries USA broadcast tent. Hey gang, your support has always been amazing, and we're hoping you can help out again. Plus, we've missed your faces. Come enjoy some Dunkin' Coffee, have fun, and say hi. Donate non-perishable food items at our drive through drop-off with volunteers equipped by Stopper Glove and safety or make a donation at WMMR.com and at the register of your local Acme market. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Made possible by Victory Brewing Company, Campbell's Soup, Cash Cow Vending, Sea Box, Custom Shipping Containers, Gilbane Building Company, and Thackeray Crane. 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. I was looking at the, uh, after giving that stellar uh, weather report for the next several days, I'm looking at the extended forecast for Camp Out for Hunger next yes. week, which uh-huh. starts on Monday. Uh, and it looks like temperatures, it goes Monday 68, and this is just temps. Uh, there's the baby chances of rain throughout there, but uh, 68 on Monday, 63 on Tuesday, 64 on Wednesday, 60 on Thursday, and 56 on Friday. So I guess it's going to be Camp Out Shorts guy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be very doable. Temperatures uh, overnight, you know, getting into the mid-30s. So we'll, we'll get that little taste of uh, yeah. of cool. Uh, but that looks 
that looks like that could be pretty comfortable for everybody. And just a, this is a slight chance for rain on, on Tuesday. But Wednesday is when we're doing uh, food trucks and fireworks, so we're holding out hope that the weather's going to be good for that. I'm going to do shorts and leg warmers. Does that, is that a good Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Bring back leg warmers. <laughs> sexy. And shoulder pads. They are sexy, yeah. yeah. And uh, that weather forecast, Preston, is another good reason for uh, postponing the game last night because it's going to be really nice for the rest of the, this week. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, getting past last night and the crappy weather that we had, even though it was a little iffy, they they maybe could have gotten in the game if they had delayed it or whatever. But I'm I'm really glad they postponed it. When did it. the rain let up last night? I think like at eleven eleven thirty. Oh my like god, that. it would yeah. have been insanely late. These yeah. games have been going four hours change. Exactly. Yeah. So in my area, they, it started at about um, around six thirty. Yeah. Oh, wow. Con- consistent. Yeah, same late. here. Right. And and then it, and then it took a break and then kicked back up around eight. 30, 8 o'clock. My, my dad came over around uh, 6. I, I was taking my dad to the game last night and uh, getting, I have to, his limited mobility at this point. So I had to help him get out of the car. And it was pouring when I helped him get out of the car and into the house. It was it was unpleasant. Right. So at that point, I was like kind of rooting for it to be postponed. I was yeah, like, you yeah. know, I don't want to sit outside and then just being yeah. selfish about it or whatever. Um, and then uh, we sat around, we waited, and then the official decision came down from Major League Baseball. They The last thing they want to do is have... Something like 2008 happened again. They don't yeah. want to start the game and then have to pause it. It worked well for us. I, well, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. There was, I, I saw something last night. I wish I, I can't find it now, but that there were rain delays for game three in like every time the Phillies have gone to the World Series back into the 80s. Yeah, there was, a, there was a uh, delay at, for game three in 2008 as well. Yeah, the game didn't start till 10 p.m. Yeah, I was, I, I was uh, lucky enough to go to that one. But, yeah, I mean, game five in 2008, was it was a disaster, even though we won it. Like, the, the starting and the stopping of it is just not good for Major League Baseball. So, uh, you know, wait for the weather to be nice, which is going to be tonight. So everything shifts. Uh, if you had game, if you had tickets for last night, you go tonight, right. and so on. And uh, and also, if you paid for parking last That's night, yeah. the big issue. If yeah. you went ahead and paid, and you went, you you park your car, you go in, you wait it out, and then they called it. Um, if you have your receipt, that is still good for tonight, from what I understand, right? Yeah, so they said if you park, uh, purchased in advance from from the Phillies, uh, phillies.com, or the MLB ballpark app, uh, or over the phone, you're you're set. Like, you're, you're rescheduled for tonight's game. Just but leave if you your pay, car there. But yeah. if you paid in cash at the lot, like, do you guys pay for parking at a time? I usually don't. I, don't I just, think, They you don't know, do cash anymore. I don't think you can Or whatever, but if, but if you drive, yeah. I'm just, okay, so if, yeah, I, I if you that. drive up, I always pay there. I never right. pay ahead of time. So they said as long as you have that receipt, you'll be able to go back into oh, the lot today. Right. Okay. And what does parking cost for this event? Oh, God. 30 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah. No, it's like 30, 30 40. 30, I would say no 40? less than, yeah, because I just paid 40 bucks for the Eagles <sighs> the other day. Um, but also, dude, I gotta, like, I gotta get me a parking lot. How often do you actually get a receipt for parking? When they ask you for a receipt, I usually, I'm like, no. Although on Sunday I did, when I went to the Eagles game, I did. I don't know why I did, but I do every time now. I should. Every time. Yeah. Even if I park in a garage and I'm paying, you know, on the way out, how you sometimes pay in a vestibule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ask for I, I, I push the button for receipt. Wait, why? Uh, in case... That little slip that they give me doesn't, doesn't work, work, or for whatever, I'm I'm like I need some kind of backup that goes, dude. I paid. I do the same I paid, thing. Paid. Let me out of here. I do the you same I mean? thing. Yeah. God, so I, I used to be a receipt person and like keep every receipt just in Rochelle case is. for some. I yeah. I'm not. Anymore. Now you're a loose cannon. Well, no, Kate, like Kate, I'm like, oh, I'll save paper. I'm like, no thanks, I don't need a receipt now. All right, so this is uh, uh, this is kind of a 
Anyway, what I'm going to say about uh, the game being delayed last night is, for me personally, it kind of works out <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game five is going to be on Thursday because we have tickets for game five. Um, but I can't help, and we, and we had, were talking about this on air and off air, of some people who are just not going to be able to go now. They were going to go last yeah. night, yeah. and they are not going to be able to go because I, I would imagine... Uh, a, a large portion will be able to shift whatever their issues were and, and you know, whatever they, they had to do tonight, they can say, look, I'm going to go to the game because it was delayed. But there are some people that flat out aren't going to be able to who do it. Who came in specifically yeah. for this? Well, who, you know. Uh, yeah. or, or they can't get off work or whatever. Can't get off work do. or whatever. It's, yeah. it's always the case. You know who Pancake went to the game with yesterday? This guy came in from Australia. Oh, my well, God. You know, Pancake is, you know, he, he's a hat guy, right? right? So he has hat connections all over the world. Yeah. And there's this guy from Australia who is also a hat guy who at some point uh, in the last decade plus became a Phillies fan. Came over, surprised Pancake, oh, took geez. him to the game last night. I don't know what his situation well, yeah, is. But, I mean, listen, like, you came all the way from Australia be just to day. bump your flight a day. <laughs> yeah, just say you could uh, be one day there. Flying wow. in from Australia. Uh, you know what? you an overnighter? I, I'm wondering about, okay, so the people who can't go, right, they've paid thousands of dollars for their seats. They're not, the tickets are non-refundable, right? So they have to sell it now on StubHub or whatever to get their money back? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I don't know how all that secondary market stuff works, what? but I got to believe, yeah, once that, yeah. What are the caveats concerning weather? Uh, I mean, in, in general, for I something think that like this? That's why it would be non refundable, right. right? Because they can't, the team can't predict yeah. the weather. They don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, but it would just suck that, that, if, that if you had this set aside and you mm-hmm. got your ticket, this is the Hail Mary, man. I can't believe I'm going to the World Series. Wouldn't be an issue if we had a dome. <laughs> <laughs> it gets canceled and then. You can't reschedule, and you're either... Now, hopefully, you can make the money back, because they should be pretty easy to unload. I would imagine. Uh, yeah. But, but, you know, you're so, you're, you're jazzed. But I still, mean, you, you, right the event now you want to go to. Is, it's all positioned as history in the making. Yeah. It's not like, I'll go to another one. Yeah. You know, maybe during the season, but now we're in postseason, and it's... It's do or die time. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any moments that have happened like this to me personally where it's like the big thing that I was looking forward to uh, going to and it got yanked out from underneath. It it sucks when you are – this all turned around pretty quickly. It sucks when you're planning or or when you have an obligation and weather is causing you to hem and haw what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And we've been through that many times. I was supposed to go to that Ocean's Calling Festival down in uh, Ocean City, Maryland earlier this uh, this year and it was Dave Matthews and a whole bunch of like 90s era bands. And Uh, it was a reunion of sorts, It was going to be a college reunion for me and my friends, which was really cool. We rented a condo and and the whole nine. Um, So I was more looking forward to seeing everybody, but that was also weather-related. Because that was a a weekend-long festival, they canceled the whole weekend but they gave us like a day and a half worth of notice. So I, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. y- you don't want to stand outside in, in the rain all weekend long. But um, I kind of wanted to see everybody. Yeah. Hey, here's here's a, a scenario I didn't think about. This text says, my friend got tickets because his roommate won the lottery and couldn't go. Oh, now the now roommate can go. can go and he wants the tickets back. Yeah. Oh, oh, Nick, no. you're, I don't want to say you're in a... What do you do there? Ooh, I don't... That is the tough one. No. Right. Uh, you were, I think you got to kill someone. You, you do. But, uh, Nick, you're, I don't want to say you're in a similar situation, but your brother got those tickets for you and your dad last night, and he couldn't go, right. but he could go tonight. Well, so yes. what's that situation My brother like? is supposed to drive up for game four today, So, and he lives in Southern Virginia. 
Uh, he'll be okay. They're they're just shifting their uh, schedule back a day, and so okay. he's he's bringing his sons, my nephews, up tomorrow. Instead. Don't even think about but, it. But but my um my brothers, uh, we got the tickets from my brother's sister in law, and she's flying up for from Orlando. <sighs> So I, I don't know what her plans are at this point because she has to she booked a flight. Mm. So now she has to book a flight, a different flight going back. Right. And they made like hotel arrangements the whole yeah. nine. I was saying, think about that shifting. I I can't make it. So you get the tickets now. That all changes. Right. So wow. It, it looks like the tickets are refundable. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, this it, it doesn't specifically say World Series, but it's on MLB.com and it says postponed and suspended game policy. And there are uh, instances where if you know if the game is rescheduled or rescheduled to another date, not the same day, and it says that it, that um, other than okay. fees, that it will be credited back to original form of payment. I mean, I wouldn't. I would just try and sell them on the secondary market. You're you're gonna. Yeah, more. but people, this, I think part, it says tickets bought and sold on StubHub, other secondary markets. There's information, too. It's a lot of stuff. But because right. um, you figured people who bought on StubHub, some of them paid thousands of dollars. Yes, for they tickets, did. So. Yeah. Yeah. so, so Nick, with you and that uh, concert you were supposed to go to, there was something similar. The Fish had a concert in Watkins Glen, New York. This is a couple summers ago. And they got, uh, there was a deluge of rain and it um, uh, compromised the water supply. And so they had to cancel the concert. Like, the whole weekend? The whole weekend. The whole, the whole weekend. weekend. But they did it like the day that everybody was showing up. And so you talk about people who have, you're talking about all the supplies. People were planning on selling T-shirts yeah. and goods and all of that stuff. And so for you, this one, like people were um, getting hotel rooms. And yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, con- the- it's not just the game. It's not just the concert. It's everything that goes along with it. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. You mentioned T-shirts. Um, those little pop-up stands, like at your local gas station, are they are they legal with the face? I don't know. I guess no. <laughs> so Wait, yesterday. what is this? Yeah, like, the little like pop-up tents <clears throat> that are at like a gas station or a corner somewhere in your town that are selling Phillies gear. Like, yeah. is that legal? Except or? Phillies is spelled with an F. It has to be because <laughs> I saw one in like Lower Marion. I can't. But it's none of the same stuff that MLB is selling no. or Dix is selling. Mm-mm. So, is it? <laughs> It's a good question. It's the same places where they sell, like, uh, hyacinth and and all your Easter flowers and stuff like that. Right. There's got to be some sort of... uh License or something Unless that the they gas buy. Stations don't care, and they're like, well, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." Uh, well, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be so sure that every one of those is is um, acknowledged by the uh, MLB. And I mean, uh, what's the quality? I, I was half thinking it's of stopping tissue paper. And taking a look the other day. Uh, yeah, Ain't no tri blend. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no right. tri blend at the <laughs> gas station. Uh, here's Tech said I was on a plane last night from Houston with a whole bunch of Astros fans. Oh, they had God. tickets for what should have oh. been Game Four. Uh, tonight, yeah. and a fair amount of them thought that they were going to be able to go to tonight's game with those tickets. So, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> hang on, I'm going to go to uh, Morgan. Hi, Morgan, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, um, in the 08 World Series, my husband, well, he was my boyfriend at the time, he went to uh, the first half of Game 5 and then had to get on a plane at 6 a.m. the next morning and missed the second half and flew back as the Phillies won the World Series, flew over the stadium and uh, oh. watched the fireworks. Interesting. <laughs> well, at least you got some of it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I forgot about uh, Game 5B Thanks. that my, my brother reminded me of? That uh, it's it, it ended at 8.30 that night because yeah. there was only yeah. like three three innings it to was, go. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it's, it started around yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> 
So that happened yeah. at 8.30 p.m. on, on uh, October 29th, 2008. Um, but it was like we didn't have to wait super late for that game to end because they only had to get, a, a, a you know, two and a half innings. It's in. true. It's true. I was at that game, and, yeah, I remember being so short and then leaving uh, and kind of walking down Broad Street and seeing all of it. Like, it was – that's something I'll remember for the rest oh, of my oh, life. for it's sure. It's burned into your brain, yeah. It's, it's, it's a part of history. Uh, yeah, I would love it if the game ended at 8.30. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Why are they so Any of these games It's, it's TV generated. Yeah, you, you yeah. got if you, if you get diehards on the West Coast that want to watch the games, yeah. it needs to be at a time where they can watch it, too. That's yeah, always envied, like, the, uh, the when award season is around and it's this nightmare that yeah. we have, always have to watch. The fact that, like, the Oscars out there wrap up at around 8. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Kath, my friend uh, Jen got a, a gas station T-shirt. Oh, yeah, what'd she uh, say? She, she, she said they're soft. Yeah. She got them at her Sudoku. Yeah, here's, here's yeah. a text from somebody who says, I bought a couple of T-shirts from one of those pop-up tents. Great prices and excellent quality on the T-shirt. Now, have so, you washed uh, it yet? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Somebody else said one wash. <laughs> no, no. I got one outside of Citizens Bank Park a couple of summers ago, and it, I love this shirt. It was five bucks. I'm like, okay, I don't care where you stole this the from. Fun, They're selling this yeah. for yeah. five bucks. But... Even if it's, yeah, even uh-huh. if it's, you only get like a month out of it, five I, bucks it be says worth the, it. The fart and Foley's. No, yeah. no, no. It's the Phillies P. It's a, it's a charcoal gray tri-blend t-shirt All right. with the Phillies P with the skyline at the top of it. Five bucks, tri-blend, it's, you know, a couple of uh, years later, it still works. I just remember my uh, Billy Joel uh, parking lot uh, uh, t-shirt, and mm-hmm. Billy Joel was gone after, like, the first wash. <laughs> Kat, I, I got a fish one in a parking lot. I didn't even care. I think it was, like, five bucks. And whoever, it, it must have been their first day on the job putting t-shirts because everything was off-centered. It was, you know, just... Right, under like your two, armpit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Who is the headliner? <laughs> under my armpit. By the way, we keep telling our promotions department to get make the MMR t-shirts tri-blend shirts. Yeah. Come yeah, on, we're, man. Yeah. We're trying. It's so, they're so much better. I know they're more expensive, but they last longer. They're wonderful. They feel You'll wear good on your skin. You might wear them when you're besides cutting the lawn. You know what? <laughs> you remember a couple of year, years ago, we talked about Y100 and, and uh, you know, uh, our, our earlier radio experiences. A lot of times, those T-shirts being sold in the parking lot were better than the ones we had. They had cool logos. They had cool yeah, logos. Yeah, yeah. Thing, thing. I don't know about Wait, the, the quality of them. but Marissa, where? Oh, MMR Barbecue, right? We... Marissa bought two um, MMRBQ T-shirts from the knockoffs from the, the parking lot. Because <laughs> <Why? laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Where did this art come from? It like wasn't even something taken off of our website. Yeah. It's just like a it's, demon or something. It's yeah. an orangutan driving a golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of throwback stuff, there's a Texas says uh, it says your show podcast. Of the day following the 2008 victory can cure depression. <laughs> I go back to it all the time. Aww. Hopefully there'll be another one. Huh. I wonder what we did besides just enjoy and uh, revel in the fact that I, we I, I remember we, we opened the phones to just people calling in, sharing their stories. Okay. I mean, it was just listeners all morning long. Nick, that that's when we had the love you, hate you line, and it was just like... 35 minutes of yeah. people just like <laughs> talking. I mean, it just went on. But I, I will it. tell you guys, last night the merch line was. Yes, I saw a picture. Sections long. long. People were just waiting there because, like, it, again, there was nothing to do. Like, you, you were down there. You probably got there at like four or five o'clock and you're like, all right, well, we might as well get it tonight instead of tomorrow. We no, right. tomorrow. And could you not get in from outside of the ballpark? Was it only from inside the ballpark? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so it was like inside the sections. I think I was standing around like that pass and stow place, and the line was even longer. Hmm. So it was like five or six sections. Long. I'm not. I'm not a. 
I need the merch right now type no. of person. No. I mean, yeah. you, you eventually will be able to get it. I don't know. It's just I was not when me. the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like, I was definitely a merch right then and there. Right. Uh, I went and everybody I went was. Like, Boss Cobbs. Like, yeah. you know, I went everywhere. Like, and everywhere was sold out. And I was like, oh, you know, nobody goes to Boss Cobbs. At the Elmo <laughs> Music is Fun show, I remember I wanted to get my merch immediately. <laughs> Wait, I wonder if Boss Cobbs has Philly stuff. They probably do. Ooh. Well, and then they also make um, stadium-only stuff. So there's, like, yeah. lines of, like, there was some, some really cool bomber jackets and things, and it's like, you mm. buy it now or it's never going to be available again. By the way, I went to Boscos for the first time in ages at the Plymouth Mating Mall. I bought, like, 18 shirts. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm telling like, you. I, I, I bought all my fall stuff. There were, like, six bucks. I'm you like, get furniture there? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I bought all these thermal shirts. I'm stocked, man. I, we I, got our Christmas tree from Bosco. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Our I, Christmas tree. I had hey, forgotten you know, about Bosco. Let me give you... I'm going to give you a little, little hint about that store. All right. So, the... As if it's not cheap enough, um, the back of the store has this little room, and if you go after, welcome, no, Steve, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, it's oh, kind really? of oh, like that, God. and it has yeah. uh, all of whatever the season is at the end. Of, it's super discounted. It's ridiculous. You can get things in there for like two bucks. What was that again? I'm sorry. What? That I, I was motioning to Casey. I didn't hear what you were saying. Oh, Say it the, again. So the back, it, there's a, a little room in the back of Boscov's that oh. you can go for discounted stuff after a season. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> That's what it's you like. You thought that was expensive out there. Well, this is even cheaper. Uh, I did not know that. You'll have to show me where this that Christmas is. tree is a toilet brush. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. Mm. Does, do they still have a ticket window at Boscos? I used to get tickets from Boscos. Everything's Listen to us whispering about these things. I know. As if no one's going to hear yeah. us. Because well, you don't want other people to go. Yeah. I'm going to go today and see if they have Philly shirts. See, I'm going to go see if they have World Series tickets. Hey, by the way, though, I want to go back to the knockoff stuff for a second. David's got a story here. Hey, David, good morning. Yo, guys, I hate to bother you at work, but I wanted to give you a call about this. Yeah, actually, okay. <laughs> please do. What's up? So back in the early 90s, I lived down on Rodman Street off of Broad. Mm-hmm. And it was the it was the Eagles, or the, the Phillies were in the World Series, or were in the playoffs. And there was a lady out front of the 7-Eleven, and she was selling Philly shirts and socks, like sweat socks. Uh-huh. And the, the, the shirts were cool. They were five bucks. So I bought this shirt, and it was the most, it was the softest most comfortable shirt. I swear, every time I washed it, I wore it for like two or three days. I'm at my parents' house, and my dad's like, nice shirt. And I'm like, yeah, it's really soft. He goes, who's Phyllis? <laughs> Phyllis. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Phyllis. It was spelled Phyllis. Awesome. I wish I still had it. Oh, it dude. Awesome. I mean, David, that's that would best. be almost worth more your... World Series Phyllis shirt. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's great. Thanks, David. What, how does that work? How I don't understand. Like, you know, um, a neighbor used to sell knockoff um, pocketbooks, you know, and would go, how, where do these knockoffs come from? There was, who's, who's mass producing them on a, that level? A, about a month or two ago, I had a story. It was in the junk drawer, and I threw it out because we never got to it. But there was a major bust in New York of... Chinatown? Of knocking off, yeah, like Prada bags yeah. and, and, and all these brand names. And they had like a full-on operation. Right, but on the, on the level of event they, they T-shirts. China. They come from China. The knockoff stuff comes from so China. So who's, who's placing... So the order goes out, they get them in. I mean, you have to kind of turn on a... You know, on a dime to get yeah. this stuff, Wait, not and then f- also to get 
the people who are going to go out, the guy who's got one tooth in his mouth selling it in the parking lot. Yeah, if <laughs> How does he if, get there? Listen, if they're selling, you know, Philly's World Series knockoff stuff, that didn't come from China. They, they'd have to make that around yeah, here. Because right. just oh, he production shipping-wise? Delivery yeah. time, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, but the bags, Kat. But the yeah. bags and stuff like that, yeah. That stuff yeah, that comes, looks, yeah. all comes from China. But I don't know how they ship them in legally, if they're clearly, you know, uh It's fakes. a company called Phyllis Incorporated. <laughs> Out of Phyllis. Beijing. 2022 Phyllis. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Phyllis. with everything shifting back a day, right? Mm-hmm. it also sucks a day away from camp out setup. I don't know if you guys realize Ooh, that. Oh, you're right. Our poor people. Dude. And Rodney and company, our engineering staff and the people that organize oh uh, putting together this this complex, which is what it has become now, mm-hmm. uh, not just a tent, but it's all kinds of of, uh, of pieces of equipment that need to be there. They were already, I didn't even think of that, Casey, they were already going to be under the gun. They normally take a good five days to set it up. Yeah. And now they were going to knock that down to two days. I mean, Eric Simon in the promotions meeting yesterday was saying it's going to be uh, at least 12-hour days. And uh, Steve, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be a throwback to the first year where it's just uh, standing outside <laughs> yeah, in a parking right, lot right. around a burning barrel I, here's, to here's stay warm. A reminder, We're going to get all nostalgic on 25 years yeah. of Camp Out for Hunger. A reminder for all of us, <clears throat> Monday morning, we just need to be patient because yeah, yeah. it Agreed. might not all be working exactly the way that we hoped that it will, would be. So uh, Rodney and Eric especially are going to be under the gun in between now and then. So what does this do on the flip side for, all right, I, I don't want to... You know, we we hope, but let's say a certain parade is to take place. Yeah, I mean, what like, are now the obvious days for that? Uh, I I would say honestly, like Wednesday, probably the earliest of next week, because uh, they won't do it over the weekend. Right? They won't do it on election day, which right. is Tuesday, uh, and they probably <laughs> won't. Have, they won't do it on Monday. If if it goes seven games, Steve, game seven is now scheduled for Sunday night, so they would need at least. Monday and Tuesday to plan it, and then right. so it would probably be Wednesday at the earliest. But even if they win, if the Phils win on on in in six games and win on Saturday night, they would they would wait a few days. And if they have it on Wednesday, we'll celebrate with a fireworks. Yes, yeah, yeah, how, about that? Right. how about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, another question. So the Union are in the <laughs> MLS Cup on yes. Saturday. I know. Is, if they win that, is there going to be a parade? There would have. Oh to, there's got to be a parade. Would there be two parades? Would they? Uh, how about they combine the parades? Yes. I'm sure the union would like that. I mean, mm. you know, Villanova had a parade in 2016 that kind of went down like Market Street, right. and uh, it wasn't as well attended as the Phillies parade in 2000. Combine them both. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the union will have their parade in Chester since that's where their stadium is. You never know. Huh. Right, I'm, well, I'm guessing not. Looks, no, yeah. not. Also, it looks like the, the pop-up tents are all counterfeit merchandise. They're all counterfeit. Okay. Okay. So, uh, um, but okay. I don't know. Uh, there are a lot of them, though. You see I them know. all over the place. I uh, guess. Well, whatever. I guess it's legal. I mean, they're they're all over the place. And nobody's shutting them Somebody down. Somebody had texted in that local law enforcement doesn't have the jurisdiction or, or whatever to for for that particular t shirt division, quote unquote, crime. Now, I would imagine that you need to have some sort of permission to just set up and start selling things. If you're doing it on site at like a concert or something like that, I've seen I've seen more people get busted. Yeah, you need for selling counterfeit stuff there. Yeah, then so, yeah. I have a mobile butcher shop in the back of my van. You probably and I'll, can. I'll go sell meat. That's okay. As yeah. long as it's not branded, you know, like uh, Incubus, who happens <laughs> right, to be yeah. playing there that right. night. Go Phyllis. Um, all right. Interesting. Well, nonetheless, this is a, a bump in the road for some, and for others, it's a major inconvenience. Uh, and for others, it kind of worked out nice. Yes. Uh, which is weird. But nonetheless, the games are delayed, obviously. And uh, details 
um, are available online if you need to find out exactly what the story is uh, with your tickets, uh, with parking, and all that stuff. They're doing what they can to uh, to quote unquote cover all the bases. Yeah, if you're pardon the baseball uh, uh, analogy there. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're good to go. We need to take a break because we have some guests coming up on the program this morning. Uh, we're going to get to the bizarre file when we return. So let's break now. We'll come back in just a moment with that and uh, details about a charity event coming Yay. up. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Real quick before we uh, do the B-File, I would like to send a thank you uh, uh-huh. t- uh, to a gentleman by the name of Adam Zengel. He's the director of entertainment at the Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. And uh, so I had part two of Rochelle's uh, 50th birthday celebration. Right. Uh, we went to AC. It was my first time at the Hard Rock, uh, by the way. Oh, really? I never had yeah. been. And so we went and had dinner at the uh, Council Oak Steakhouse. Uh, which, you know, Rochelle's a fan of steak, so we yeah, wanted yeah. something super-duper yummy. How was dinner. it? Fan-freaking-tastic, man. <laughs> it was outstanding. And I'm telling you what, bizarrely, yeah. we were so enamored with the bread that that's just, like, almost all we wanted <laughs> oh to eat. Oh, my God. Oh, wait a like, wait, we have a meal of amazing that's food coming, funny. and we were just filling up on the, the free bread that they what bring was it like? So, number one, they just, they make it there. They make yeah. it fresh. And I love it bread. was, it was, they were, <laughs> they were soft, Almost like roll like buns with yeah. the the top that that had the the crust on it and the sides were a little bit soft, oh, yeah. <laughs> dude. But they they sprinkle uh, salt on salt. it, mm. and it was we were just sitting there. We were like that guy. We were sitting there just passing them around the table, going, "Oh yeah, oh my god," just rubbing it all over <laughs> her face and calling oh. yourself a bitch. It was awesome. Uh, Preston, <laughs> when you find there was a place similar that, and so many people had asked this. Restaurant is in it's in Puerto Rico about the bread that when they give you the bread they put the recipe down no next kidding. to it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Because everyone wow. loves it so much. So everything was That's great there. You loved it. Yeah. I'd I'd asked for extra to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That we took home and they had later. <laughs> yeah, more bread. Yeah. So good. Uh, I saw Tom Segura there the weekend before that press. I didn't eat at the Hard Rock, but you missed out on the bread. I did miss out on the bread. Well, now I got a reason to go back. Yeah. But uh, what's cool is you come out of the or from the parking garage. You walk in and it's just like all this old memorabilia. Yeah, so like like, like yeah. the second we walked in from the garage uh, was uh, Paul Stanley and Ace Freely's outfits. Oh and, wow! Uh, from a Kiss tour, so it's like, like a, like like a, a museum, museum, right? Oh, it, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what yeah, it's yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's what Hard Rock does. They they get these legitimate pieces of uh, of memorabilia from the artists themselves. So there's like a Jimi Hendrix guitar and, you know, all, all the big, big, big Easter the world of rock. one of my loofahs. Yeah, so dude, we saw the Gene Simmons loofah, loofah yeah. uh, which was worn to the nub, Absolutely. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but you, uh, and you walk down that hallway into the main, like, casino area, and they have a gigantic chandelier that's a guitar. I gotta yeah. check it out. It's a really yeah. slick-looking building. Yep, so thank you to Adam and uh, the, the crew at uh, Hard Rock. 
a hotel and casino. We had a great time. And the night before, Adam Sandler was there. Huh. Could have gone to go see him. But you could have hung out with Adam Sandler. Would have been nice, right? Well, you know, hung yeah, out yeah. with him. You do it. Please. Thank you for Are you going to finish your bread? Can I have some of your bread, please? Oh, that makes sense. Oh, this is a very, very... Oh, the bread is very good. Bizarre file. Here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by Primo Hoagies. Watching the game with some friends this week. Well, score big and serve in style with Primo Hoagies. Order online at primohoagies.com. It's not just a hoagie. It's a Primo. Horrifying footage shows the shocking moment that a woman narrowly misses diving into the mouth yeah. of a tiger shark. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So video shows the diver, uh, her name is Ocean Ramsey, by the way, uh, getting ready to jump into the water off the coast of Hawaii. She's about ready to go yeah. you know, scuba diving. And so you, you jump off the side of the boat. And uh, as she's about to step off this Shark comes up and opens its jaws oh, wow. right where she would have jumped in. Peter Potter. <laughs> Peter Potter. Uh, yeah, so she was uh, able to get back onto the boat as the shark opens its mouth ready to bite. Uh, the tiger shark, which they named Queen Nikki, almost touches the woman's flippers before slowly swimming away. The incredible footage was shared on Ocean's Instagram where the free diver often shares jaw-dropping encounters with sharks. So she's a free Oh, she's a free diver. That's yeah. serious stuff. Yeah, so it's no... I would never do that. Scuba equipment. Uh, the, I would never jump into the open mouth of a tiger shark or go free diving. The caption reads, We love tiger shark, Queen Nikki's enthusiasm. Uh, and the post adds that the scary interaction left the diver laughing more than surprised. Yeah, I'd be laughing. Tiger sharks, often found on the waters of the Pacific, are usually between 10 to 13 feet Long, but can reach 16 feet in length, and they are known to have the widest food spectrum of all sharks, including dolphins and even other smaller sharks. Yeah, sharks love to eat sharks. Yeah. Uh, and she gets in the water after this. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just a tiger shark. That's all. A bus driver for an elementary school in the nation's capital has been charged with driving while intoxicated after his bus veered into a ditch while returning from a field trip to a farm in northern Virginia. You guys okay back here? Nine children were treated at the scene for minor injuries. I didn't see the ditch. Uh, The bus was carrying 44 children and four adults back Thursday to Merch Elementary School. Careful, nervous mother driving. Police said the bus hit a rock and veered into a ditch off of the road. Goddamn rock. The 48 Eight-year-old driver was charged after police said he failed a field sobriety test and had blood alcohol content of .20, more than double the legal limit. Police say the driver's license had already been the driver's license had already been revoked in Virginia oh from a prior drunken driving conviction. This is in Virginia. Uh, officers also said they found a combined 18 safety violations on the two buses carrying children to the field trip, and that none of the operators were properly licensed to operate a school bus. Mind your P's and Q's, study hard. D.C. Public Schools said in a statement that it plans to undertake a review of the transportation vendors it uses for field trips and other extracurricular activities. How terrifying is that? Yes. All right, I'll turn this damn bus around. (laughs) That'll end your precious little field trip pretty damn quick, huh? (laughs) 
Uh, how about this story? A six-foot, seven-inch alligator was rescued from a property in Lake Bay, Washington, after animal, controls, uh, animal control received a complaint about a person living with the animal. Uh, animal control officials stated the owner was living inside a shipping container with a small tub inside for the alligator. Uh, so he's living in a shipping container with an alligator in a tub. And an alligator bit my hand off. Oh, and my God. That's not all. <laughs> Stuffing with Sandler clips all morning. <laughs> a very sick baby cow and a mattress for the 32-year-old owner to sleep on were also found inside of the shipping container. I don't feel so good. Sergeant Darren Moss Jr. said the back half was a living room and mattress on the ground where the man was sleeping, and it was free access for the gator to come in and out of the tub next to the man. got a little door there. It goes in and out. Officials say they... Have you seen my sick cow? They returned the next day with a warrant to seize the animals. However, the calf and owner were gone, but the alligator was still there. It's the meanest to Milo. I made it out of my own poop. Animal control along with sheriff's deputies was able to wrangle the large animal into a van. Oh, what? It's not, somebody's living that way? They believe the alligator had been living at the residence since at least 2017. Oh, my God. Uh, the alligator was taken to the Humane Society, where a wildlife rehabilitation sanctuary... They met. need to get that alligator to a farm where it can run around with other alligators. Uh, they met them to take over custody, but they still haven't found the guy and the sick calf. So oh, well. They don't know where he is. Probably put an overcoat on the calf and got on a train or something. A family in Maryland ordered a prop casket for a Halloween party and found a dead woman's belongings inside, (laughs) including what they suspect were her ashes. Wow, man. The Wozniak family ordered the casket from Facebook Marketplace, but posted a TikTok after the bizarre discovery in hopes to return the items. The deceased woman's granddaughter came across the video on TikTok showed her mother, and eventually met with the Wozniaks to retrieve the family So heirlooms. what do you think it was? Someone doing it on the cheap and attempting to bury a loved one with an Amazon prop gift? Uh, with no. Casket? Or no. what was the other way? Weird. All right, and then one last story. Uh, National Park Service officials posted an update on the Grand Canyon's official Facebook page about a woman who filmed herself hitting a golf ball into the Grand Canyon which she then uploaded to TikTok. In the video, the woman also loses the grip on a golf club and flings it off the curb, uh, the clip side. Let me ask you, is that illegal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. littering. It's right. littering, yeah. and also it's dangerous. There are because, people down below. Yeah, there, yeah, it could hit somebody who's, uh, you know, uh, hiking in the canyon. Uh, the incident occurred at Mather Point, which is a short walk from the canyon's main visitor center. Uh, the TikTok video had already been taken down, but users on Reddit were able to upload and preserve it. Thus, the video lives on. Officials acted swiftly, and with the help of the general public, were able to track down the woman. Law enforcement found her and charged her. Charges against her are currently pending. Uh, the release did not reveal the, in, reveal the individual's names, but official, uh, officials wrote alongside the update, Do we really need to say, don't hit golf balls into the Grand Canyon? Well, down in the canyon, they found a little kid with a flashlight next to him. And oh, no way. beans in the flashlight, oh, Preston. Wow. So throwing objects over the rim of the cannon is not only illegal, but can also endanger hikers and wildlife who may be below. Uh, the point where the woman was whacking the golf ball was several thousand feet from the nearby uh, Kebab Trail. Uh, which is the main thoroughfare for hikers hoping to reach the bottom of the trail. Even Tiger Woods would have a hard time uh, corking a drive that far. But still, her actions were unmistakably careless. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. 
and dangerous. <laughs> so we had just about more <laughs> for most of them. <laughs> that was terrific. They're called Torons, by the yeah. way. These people, the tourist morons, and uh, they're just all over the the national parks. They're such idiots. I How mean, could yep. you think that would be uh, the right thing to do? Yep. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in uh, the bizarre file for you. All right, so there is an event that is on the way Friday, November eleventh. It's a gala, mind yeah. you. Uh, and it is a worthwhile evening's 10th anniversary gala. This is going to be at the Franklin Commons in Phoenixville. And we're going to find out more about uh, the event and the benefit and all that uh, because we have uh, the person behind it, the executive director of Worthwhile Wear. Please welcome Dan Emer to the show. Yay! Hi, Dan. Nice. Good morning. Hi. How you doing? Wonderful. Did I get your name right? Is it Emer? Is that how you say your life? It's close enough. I've lived with it for a while. It's Emer, but Emmer. I'll take either. All right, nice. All right, well, listen, um, uh, Kathy had set up uh, your appearance on here today, and she was telling me off-air all about uh, worthwhile, uh, worthwhile wear. Uh, you guys do fantastic work. Let's start there and bring people up to speed on what you guys are all about. Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually started our work in India. A lot of people ask, why are we called worthwhile wear? Well, we started by making worthwhile wear apparel, which you guys were just talking about T-shirts, but we make the apparel, uh, basically the T-shirt I'm wearing, that businesses can then promote uh, their business and promote freedom at the same time. We also do uh, outreach here in the greater Philadelphia area. So we have an outreach program. We have a long-term housing program, which is located on 82 acres of property just outside of Philly. And then we also have uh, employment programs that we offer through our worthwhile thrift stores. And we have a thrift store in in Doylestown, one in Collegeville. And so our, our programming is really broad-reaching what we do to work with survivors of human trafficking here in the U.S. All right, so, but just to set it up, survivors of what, for those who aren't familiar with this? Absolutely, yes, yeah. survivors of human trafficking. And when, when we say human trafficking, I think a lot of people think it's just an over-there issue. Uh, it is uh, in a lot of developing countries, but it's also here in our hometowns where we live. Yeah, it's, it was. Uh, I was watching a documentary about uh, domestic human trafficking, and as you said, it's all over the place. And it's it's horrific. So what what services do you provide? How do you help try to mitigate and alleviate the situation through your charity? Yeah, so when we started uh, our work, like I said, we, we kind of we followed the M. Night Shyamalan path where we started in India, Mumbai, Pune. But then we realized the issue was here. And so we developed a model over the past 10 years where it's really meeting the needs of a survivor of trafficking wherever she is. So we have a community-based outreach and empowerment program that we call Worth It. And that really is hosted in a variety of locations in, in all the counties in the greater Philadelphia area. It's like a classroom setting where we work with women that have experienced sexual exploitation and, and various forms of sexual abuse and really work on establishing their value, their worth, and really, more importantly, addressing trauma. Um, that's our, our biggest uh, kind of outreach program. Then we also have the housing piece, which is a program we call The Well. And that's something where it's really important for women to build a new foundation because for many of them, they've been broken down, right. people that they're worthless, and we, and we spend time to do that as well. Those are two of our biggest programs. So is it predominantly women that are being trafficked? Yeah. Yeah, there, there are, there are uh, men as well, but what we, you know, our field of expertise is working with women, those that identify as women, and that's where, where our, our specialty is, and that's where we focus our work. Um, yeah. Okay, so, you know, you guys specialize in uh, not only uh, getting uh, people out of that environment, getting them safe, but then helping them uh, forge a, um, a career of their own, getting on the right path, and being able to be self-sustained. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's so important is a lot of times when we see uh, needs being addressed in our community, they're being addressed by things that, that are needed, like housing, uh, providing maybe employment or other services. 
But um, we, we do those things, but we also spend time to really address the trauma because trauma, if it's never addressed, just kind of puts uh, individuals in that cir circular pattern where they start to do well and they go back into that. So we spend time doing that. And, and you guys actually kind of got on our radar because I think it was uh, probably a year or two ago, Nick was talking about um, going on a date with his girlfriend and, and saw a scenario where there was something suspicious, a young woman, and I think he started sharing about it. And your show uh, started talking about it. So my phone was, was really blown up that morning. People were saying, you got to listen to WMMR. They're talking about trafficking. Yeah. Uh, Nick, you and I emailed a little bit, and then uh, that got you all on our radar. And then Kathy, you hosted our, our telethon last year uh, with Justin Guarini and um, – I will say Kathy was stunning during that event. Ah. Uh, she did a great job doing that. And she shamed Justin. Uh, <laughs> shame. Because I won the contest. We had a little contest and I won. I beat Justin. <laughs> she, she dominated. She just said win. She dominated. Justin was so, oh. but anyway, she did a great job, Kathy. So Thank that's you. how, you know, our connections built. And this is really, you know, Worthwhile Wear is, is a, a Philadelphia, um, you know, organization. We, we thrive because of the community that we're in. Um, that steps up and volunteers with us, that joins with us um, from the sports teams to, to the, the businesses, to the individuals, to the radio shows. Um, you know, we really are able to offer the most comprehensive services in the state of Pennsylvania because of, of your listeners, because of people uh, like you that get involved in this work. Well, obviously, you guys do fantastic work and uh, work like that needs uh, financial support. So you have this event coming up, the gala, which is on Friday. So tell us a little bit about what people can expect, and then we'll tell people how to get to the event. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you already shared the location, and you can get all that information as well on our on our website, worthwhilewear.org, and wear as in clothing you wear, W-E-A-R. Mm -hmm. um, and then that event starts on November 11th, starts at 530, is our cocktail hour. Um, we'll have hors d'oeuvres and, and a wine beer bar. Um, we'll have the Philly Fanatic there to help us celebrate the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be there. Um, we have a lot of other uh, things going on like that. Each year, uh, Workwalker puts out a film. Uh, we usually do mini documentaries. This year, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, we're doing a different type of film. We're going to be presenting that, debuting that. Um, and we'll have a sit-down dinner. Uh, just all around a great event. Uh, listeners can participate even if they're not there in person by joining the, the, the silent auction and the live auction. Uh, there's an app for that. Um, that again, information on our website to bid on things. Uh, and then people, uh, again, that can't maybe attend in person can, can join online because we live stream our events in the past. We've been doing telethons this year. We want to get back together in person. So we'll be live streaming again, go to our website or to our YouTube channel worthwhile where, and you can watch the event there. You can hear powerful stories of survivors sharing about redemption and hope, uh, because that's really what we're trying to tell is not that trafficking is the, the end of their story, but that restoration can happen and redemption that's can great. happen. That's, that's what we're yep. doing at this event as well. Wonderful work. Turning it around. Awesome. Uh, it's going to be a black tie optional event, which means it's a fancy schmancy night. <laughs> Uh, so tickets at worthwhilewear.org. And uh, actually, Dan has given us some tickets to give away. So I have a four-pack of tickets for this event, Friday, November 11th, at Franklin Commons. It's in Phoenixville. Uh, so we can take, uh, we'll take the 19th caller, mm. and we'll give you a four-pack of tickets to that event. 215-263-WMMR is the number. So get on board. We have this information at PrestonandSteve.com, but you can also go to worthwhilewear, W-E-A-R, Org and get your tickets and uh, help support these guys. Dan, you guys do great work. Thank you so much, and best of luck for the event. We're happy to help out.
All right. Thank you guys for being part of it, too. We, we appreciate it. You got it. Dan Emmer, hey. guys. Executive director of the Worthwhile Wear organization. By the way, a text came in from somebody that says, Worthwhile thrift store that just opened in the Collegeville, Phoenixville area is awesome. One of the best thrift stores in the area, and the people are so nice. Very cool. So a win-win all the way around. Most definitely. All right, with that, we're going to take a break because we got more guests coming up this morning. Stay with us. We will return in just a second or two. Be right back. Preston and Steve's 25th Annual Camp Out for Hunger, supporting Phil Abundance at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. Starting Monday, November 7th, they'll be live from inside the Bimbo Bakeries USA broadcast tent. Hey gang, your support has always been amazing, and we're hoping you can help out again. Plus, we've missed your faces. Come enjoy some Dunkin' Coffee, have fun, and say hi. Donate non-perishable food items at our drive through drop-off with volunteers fueled by Pepsi. Or make a donation at WMMR.com and at the register of your local Acme Market. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Made possible by Coors Light and Ariglio Beverage. The Keystone Mountain Lakes Regional Council of Carpenters Local 158. Local 8 Stagehands. United Rentals Reliable On-Site Solutions. TRG Mid-Atlantic and the General Building Contractors Association. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. A little later on, we're going to have a director, writer, producer, uh, and local fella, uh, Brandon Eric Kamen, in the studio. Uh, He's got a movie called Rittenhouse Square. Yes. Looks really, really interesting. I didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, Pierre did. He went to the Philadelphia Film uh, Office's uh, screening, or the Philadelphia Film Festival, uh, and uh, and he mentioned us when Pierre asked about him. So uh, we were like, wow, he also pretty did awesome. Another movie, his first movie, I believe, which is local to the area called The Nomad. So he's, uh, I think he's kind of following the M. Night Shyamalan uh, deal and uh, trying to do projects all uh, around this area. So he's going to be stopping in a little bit later this morning. So we'll talk to him uh, in a little while. In the meantime... Uh, I think we need to. I think we need to go to higher learning, of course, and do the Just Saying Institute this morning. It is for a variety of uh, stories that have been coming out, research and whatnot. That's the Just Saying Institute, mm. home of Sly Stallone's Tamale Hut. <laughs> <laughs> These people need to eat. You know, the, the thing is, they, a lot of people don't realize there is some lovely commerce going on there on the Just Saying Institute. Yeah. You, just think you always think of it's okay. It's a, it's a it's a learning institute. It's a research facility, but they actually have a great. Restaurant district. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and listen, Sly Stallone's Tamale Hut is the new... Does he work there or does he just own it? He will drop it occasionally, right. uh, you know, to make sure that everything is up to his level. Quality listen, control. When you're a student, like, you know, my, my son goes to community college, but he's always going on about the, like, the food facilities yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. So it's important. It's you know. a knockout. That's right. All right. So it's always a good idea to have a, um, a healthy, active lifestyle. But a University of Missouri-Columbia study suggests that a poor lifestyle takes a greater toll on men. So it's better for you? No, the other way. Oh, okay. Researchers analyzed insulin resistance in 26 men and women who were instructed to cut back on exercise and increase their consumption of sugary soda. <laughs> um, only men experience decline in a protein which is known as uh, uh, adropin, I believe is how you say Andropin? No, it's A-D-R-O-P-I-N. There's no N. Villanova? Villanova. Uh, so, so unless they, unless they, uh, this is a typo, but it says adropin. So they were, they adropin. were actually instructed to do an unhealthy activity. Yeah, so they yeah, can yeah, measure yeah. it. So, so apparently that protein regulates insulin sensitivity. It's also a biomarker for cardiovascular disease. 
And apparently, according to the lead study author, they said it's it's the first augmentation of sex-related differences in the development of vascular insulin resonant, uh, resistance That's in association with changes of the uh, adrenaline levels. <laughs> Bottom line is, guys need to take better care of themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's so in in some ways more than women do. Yes, just a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. I I um I I definitely um, have learned the benefits of exercise and and uh, being a little bit more fastidious with that stuff throughout my life. My dad's ninety four and he's going great guns. Has you know has had a couple of little medical side steps, but um, do you attribute that to a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. He's has he always been a, yeah. a eat, eats properly and yeah, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the exercise is very important. You know, he's always been that way. So, uh, and and it, it does benefit you. You know, Dr. Mike says that all the time. Mm-hmm. Stay active. Do yeah. exercise. I need to, uh, yeah, I slip in and out. Uh, and then there are times From where the I'm, eating? I'm well, very, you exercise? Well, very committed. No, not in a while. Okay. No, I've been playing golf. And that's not exercise. But you okay? So do you um, do you walk from hole to hole at about four point five five miles an hour? Yeah, something like that. No, uh, no. When you walk, you can you, you listen. You're getting a five mile walk in. So, but I don't always walk. But nonetheless, I should uh, do a little bit more than I have been doing. And and I, I go in and out of these. You know, take good care of yourself. Regimens. May I recommend I something? Been doing that lately. Two things that you've been a, a fan of that maybe you could combine both into an ultimate exercise, exercise regimen. I fly and golf. Can I you fly do and go- yeah. play golf in indoor skydiving. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's, that's a thinker right there. Yeah, man. right. How would you do that? I was watching uh, White Lotus last night, and the, uh, F. Murray Abraham is in it, and he's 83 years old. And mm-hmm. I was I was looking at that guy. I was like, man, that's a damn fine looking 83 year old. Oh yeah, he's, he must just take really good Except care for of himself. Face. Yeah, his face a little. <laughs> well, I mean, like even for uh, whatever, I, you know, he he's he's, he's kept, in shape. He's kept himself in yep. good shape, and he's yep. still acting. And you know, anybody that can do anything actively in their eighties, I'm impressed by. Oh, absolutely, yeah. All right, uh, so take good care of yourself. Eat well and uh, exercise. Have a tamale. You'll live forever and have tamales. Uh, so, based on an analysis of 2,500 boys and girls, drinking coffee during pregnancy can shorten a child. <laughs> But if you smoke cigarettes and drink coffee, you're probably that's offset that's, those, you're yeah. fine. Yeah, doctors say you can <laughs> offset the uh, the problems with coffee by smoking. So smoking cigarettes makes them taller. Yeah, and drinking coffee makes them shorter, and therefore you end up average if you do both. I've yeah. been chain smoking since the first trimester. I'm hoping for a for a six footer. Dr. Catherine Grants and her team wrote, uh, our findings for height are similar in magnitude to those of children whose mothers smoked during pregnancy. Uh, our findings indicate that uh, maternal caffeine consumption in association uh, with long-term uh, decreases in child height. So so is this one of the things that, that is normally suggested when, you know, someone is, is pregnant, that they, they back cut off. back on coffee and, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and alcohol? Certainly, yes. Yes. Right? And, yeah. and increase the smoking. Yeah. yeah, I actually looked up for, I was having a conversation with somebody and I was so annoyed uh, at her comment about fetal alcohol syndrome and and. Um, babies that get it. Right. And, and so I looked it up, and uh, it's actually two, uh, any more than two drinks in a sitting. Okay. So, uh, that can cause it. So, so stand like, if, you up. Sit, if you're pregnant, you sit down, you have two glasses of wine, like you're, you're, you're putting your baby at risk. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you can have a little bit of alcohol. Most prefer to not have any at all. Yeah. Uh, and also, we forgot to add uh, no tuna. No tuna, no because tuna of the mercury. mercury. Right? Yes, oh. that's supposedly, and <laughs> and fish. 
Pound asbestos. Well, no, and you're not supposed to clean the litter box. Litter box, yeah. Right. Or eat from the litter box. That too. Yeah. Uh, when they're pregnant. Which what, it's the I dust. Thought, I thought Rochelle was joking. No. Because we had cats. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're sure. just trying to right. get out of cleaning the freaking litter box. Come on. It's the dust, correct, from the litter box? I don't remember. That's the greatest to... part of pregnancy. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not having to clean the litter box. Totally. Uh, so, and while... no handies. <laughs> While some public guidelines recommend less than 200 milligrams of coffee a day, the study published uh, found caffeine impacted height at far lower levels. What do you put away a day? Just half a cup a day is linked to a height difference. Wow. So okay, half a cup a day. Half a cup I, a day is, is, is connected to a height difference? That's what it says, Sometimes. according to this particular right. study. So I have, um, I'll have... 12 ounces on the way into work, and then when I get here, uh, Casey gets me another mug, so it's probably another 12 ounces. And then, I, yeah, I'll do like three. See, if I'm really beat and we have a meeting, right. I'll have another cup of coffee, and then I usually have one in the afternoon. So I'm, I'm good for about four cups of coffee. So there. I do uh, a third of a cup, a third of a cup, and a third of a cup. So, so you do one, about one, one cup, yeah, basically. No, I do four full cups. And then I do a couple of lines of Coke, okay. and that's it. Well, then there, yeah. that offsets that. Right. Wait, what you said, less than 200 milligrams, is that what you said? Yes, it said uh, some guidelines recommend less than 200 milligrams of caffeine a day. The study, though, found that caffeine impacted height at far lower levels. Okay, lower than that. Uh, okay. Just half a cup a day is linked to a height difference. Wow. It's weird how so, they, f- some of the stuff, then, they, then they'll find that, um, you know, it has no no effect at all. That but they're I, geniuses. I, all the short people are geniuses. I know, yeah. Coffee. <laughs> right. If you drink more coffee, you'll have a brainiac. Uh, uh, but I, I, it's got to be um, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff here, especially for a first-time mother what you're dealing with because there's so much advice out there so many books that that uh, what to expect when you're expecting is kind of considered the bible but is that still it's is something you should read no no it gives you there all other, the information right there are other pregnancy books that i would recommend over what to expect probably when go expecting. to the dark web first for when all I, your information when right? I, what to expect uh, when you're expecting has like basically every single like worst case scenario in there oh it's so it's kind of like a scary book to read really yeah I don't like that. I, a friend of mine uh, who is a doctor, I just I remember when she was pregnant, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And she was like, "I have not had a drop of alcohol. You know, I haven't had yeah. caffeine." Like, and I'm like, "Okay, well, if this is what she's doing to have healthy babies, this is probably what you, what should, you do. should do." Yeah. Mm. All right. So, anyhow, but uh, the coffee. If you're drinking me the MBA, you may uh, want to back off of that. Knock a little it bit. off. All right. Here's another thing from the Just Saying Institute. Uh, if you're looking to get moving, we were talking about having a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, you might want to try having active friends. A new study. You guys do it. By the U.S. Military Academy. <laughs> yeah, you go work out. You guys go work out. Shows that being surrounded by moderately active people helps a sedentary person get up and go. Are any of your friends, would they fall into this category that could say, hey, Preston, let's go do this physical activity. Let's go sail fishing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I have one friend like that. Uh, no, I don't really. You don't? No. Your friends who, you, 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 your friends golf. Yeah. yeah. To, 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 yes, to, to do that type of activity, right. but to, uh, like Casey's crew, to get out and go ride 30 miles on a bike. Would it behoove us to set up our own roller derby team? <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'd be good at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, I'm a good roller skater. Uh, but the same goes for having inactive friends. If your friends are couch potatoes, you're likely to uh, do less exercise as well. Uh, the study examined that uh, fitness routines of students at West Point uh, 
uh, said that uh, moderately active folks were the most important for drawing people who are sedentary to become active. So try to seek out friends? And to sustain that activity. So moderately active folks. So if you get like a, a gym maniac Trying to talk to somebody who's a total couch potato. It's not going to work. Empty the tank. You need you need a moderately active person to get up and go do things to get them to move. Leave it half full. Um, so the uh, the doctor leave uh, the tank half full. In charge of this said this means social engineering could be used to encourage people to exercise more. Okay, so we're talking about doing genetic experiments and uh, creating mutants. No, I don't know what social engineering is. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm not. No, I don't We're think we're probably talking some sort of elaborate uh, <laughs> Joseph Mengele lab experiment. Yes, the yeah, doctor, yeah. Island Moreau. I'm going to put a chicken head on you. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I, I think what there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, I I have actually. I'll tell you what. Actually, just really uh, help if you want to get out and go hiking. Um, the, the it was my dog Chelsea that really got me enamored sure. of hiking. It yeah. really makes a difference. Yep. Uh, hiking with the partner can be a lot of fun as well. Um, I find it to be a very much a Zen experience, you know, mm-hmm. a solo experience, um, and um, and and one that I can often do without pants on, which I think is great. <laughs> Kathy, I bet you have really active friends. Um, yes, there like there are friends that I have that um, free yeah, climbers. Well, no, like if they're you know active, that's what I do my you know my. Yeah. Active stuff with there's people that are not so active and like more to you know hang we're, out and have a glass of wine or you know we are exercising you're mostly solo though right uh no I do it in a group oh you do yeah most of my exercises in a group yeah okay. there's classes and stuff yeah like okay. we do a boot camp at the gym we kind of created our own little group just to really kind of, are you yeah. the sergeant are you the di uh, I'm the sergeant okay yeah, of course. when do you do yeah. that <laughs> uh, we usually do it Tuesdays and Thursdays okay uh, I didn't know that it's boot camp yeah so, okay <laughs> and so. Uh, I don't see you at boot camp. Oh, you could see. I'm like pushing a sled across a turf field. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah the, our trainer is, uh, sometimes I remind him that we're not training. What's tra- your name, fat body? <laughs> <laughs> that we're not training for an Iron Man. Is I that help. a jelly donut? Is that a jelly donut? Can I have some? <laughs> I'm going to skull F you if you don't get down and push that sled. <laughs> Where do you do this? Uh, at Superfit. That gym, um, yeah, you know. Right, right down, down the street. street. Yeah, right down okay. the street. Yeah, Talk to the floor, give me 20. Slamming yeah. medicine balls and, yeah, he's he's hardcore. Okay. That's one go. of the more difficult workouts that I do. Yeah. Uh, you do that twice you? a week? Yeah, we try to do it twice a week, oh, yeah. Good for you. Nice. What's right, your well, name, fat body? Active friends. That's going to help gonna you. It's going to make you puke. <laughs> Get you there. All right. Um, let's see what else we have from the Justine Institute. We're going to borrow a study from uh, a place down the road, Princeton. Princeton fly-by-night organization over there. A Princeton study suggests stressful events could help us be more resilient and more capable of facing new threats. So this is that which does not kill you makes you stronger, there correct? You yeah, the experiment involved examining mice who fought larger mice as opposed to those who hid. I'm going to kick your ass. According to Dr. Hard. Lindsay Wilmore, she observed... Uh, I they, came here to eat cheese and kick ass, and I'm all out of cheese. They'd turn back towards uh, the aggressor, they'd throw their paws out, they'd jump on him, and they would just not give up. Mice that did not defend themselves tended to become depressed and avoidant. Aww. Nothing is more depressing than a depressed mouse. <laughs> a depressed yeah. mouse. I just felt Stuart so bad Little. for it. Uh, the mi- uh, I don't want to do anything. The, mi- <laughs> the mice who fought I'm just became. going to sit here and listen to Tori Amos. Uh, became more resilient and were uh, rewarded with dopamine. 
Yes. Uh, hopefully this information can be applied to human health. Life, life's adversities make you stronger. You would agree with that, right? Well... It depends on how adverse the adversities are. I mean, if, if are. a hand grenade goes off in your pants, that probably is going to be hard to come back from. Yeah, I think this would be more so like when I was younger, like for sure. I always thought like any type of stress or any, like, like you know, kind of just helped you. But I think Made you the you, drill instructor you are today. Right, exactly. But as you age and things maybe get more serious in your life, it's right. going to affect you differently. I don't know if it's... Do you I think... I, I think you, well, uh, okay, so as you get older, you think... You can still grow from it. I think you can, right? I mean, it's it's good to have, like, I was introduced to certain things like death early in my life, so I was able to process that mm-hmm. a little bit more efficiently as I got older. To, to have things to overcome, yeah, um, you got to have that. I think because then things that are sort of benign and aren't shouldn't be as impactful will hit you a lot harder if you haven't been... You know, blistered up a little bit. Yeah. So, um, uh, the Headstrong Foundation. So Cheryl Calori, who's the president, right. you know, she, her son was the one who founded it. He was uh, diagnosed with and ended up uh, succumbing to cancer. Yes. Uh, I saw her speak at this uh, this one event, and she, you know, essentially this is exactly what Preston's saying. She's like because she's such a strong uh, public speaker, right? And one of the things that she was talking about was. Um, uh, you know, public speaking is nothing. She's already been through. Right. You know I mean, she watched her son get sick and 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 die. What is that compared? What to, is that yeah. compared to anything else? Right. You know, right. She's like, I've already been through the fire. So bring bring on whatever you need to bring on. And so when she was, you know, able to make it through, uh, you know, that, you know, everything seems like you know roses at, at yeah. that point. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about my, like, you know, my uh, kids, my son's age, you know, and, and people going through the high school age, which is already tough enough. Uh, then coming out of the pandemic over the last two and a half years, whether or not um, the benefits of learning how to deal with that type of life will outweigh the the detriment of what it was like to go through the pandemic. I mean, obviously they were socially isolated and the schooling was right. changed for a year or so, but like they also endured that, you know, and they made it through. And so I'm wondering if, if and when the next sort of global crisis happens, if they'll be better prepared. Well, and this can be kind of a fine line too, because if you uh, you, you need, it says here uh, this uh, this information can be applied to human health, perhaps in the form of positive feedback hmm. uh, to promote resilience. If you're just getting beat down and beat down all the time, it's not going to help out if you don't have somebody to say, "Look, you can get past these things." Do they suggest you can draw comfort from alcohol and cigarettes? Of course, you can. Okay, always. That's been in my research. I've found that. No. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me find something else here. Uh, this is another piece of information from. The the Just Saying Institute. We're learning a lot today. These are confessions uh, from children uh, receiving trauma counseling. They have highlighted the crushing emotional effect of phone-obsessed parents. Oh. The heartbreaking comments made during sessions with a counselor named Courtney revealed how deeply impacted children were by parents who uh, incidentally ignored or were dishonest with them. One of the most devastating comments came from a nine-year-old who told their counselor that their parents were always busy or on their phone. Uh, The child told Courtney, why am I here? It makes me want to leave. The therapist uh, compiled several examples of what her young clients had shared with her. Are we talking actually... Talking on the phone or just simply having the phone in your hand and texting and doing all that stuff? All of this. Wow. So uh, this is our Ask.Courtney TikTok account. And uh, she said a six-year-old told her that they felt less important uh, than their parents' devices. Mm. Uh, they said, I wish I was as important as their phone. Another child felt they got less attention than the family pet. She said, my dogs get more attention. Dad said, it's because the dog can't talk. So I stopped talking. 
That's that dramatic. Another one says, Courtney said that uh, another of her clients felt that their parents wouldn't know if they left. They said, if I ran away, my parents wouldn't know. Uh, they don't say goodnight anymore. That's oh, my a, God, that's awful. That's a six-year-old saying <gasps> that. Yeah. So for for years, uh, my dad, I knew uh, in the pecking order, I knew that I was below his bathroom towel. <laughs> and he loved that towel. Uh-huh. And um, eventually, everything evened out. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would uh, hate to, see, you know, he'd go off, you know, take the towel out to, to the, the park or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Stick for a walk. Yeah. yeah sure. Feel that. Baseball Feel game. that. Yeah. Uh, a nine-year-old felt their mom used her phone as a way to avoid them. She said, my mom is too busy, she says, but she texts her friends all day. Huh. Why not tell me the truth? She's just avoiding me. Oh, oh that's so that's horrible. This is, how, this is how kids perceive, these kids perceive this. Another one said they only misbehave because they wanted attention. They said, when I annoy my mom, it's because I want her attention. I don't get it any other way. A 10-year-old felt their parents didn't reciprocate the love that they had for them. Do you f- uh, they said, I love my mom and dad even when they yell at me. I always love them. I wish I knew that they loved me as much. Do you feel you have ever, um, did, as a kid, you ever did anything to get attention in that way? I mean, my, uh, your parents seem, you, know, you had a, a good, even though they were not happy with each other, they right. were good to you. Yeah. Um, did you ever... <clears throat> Plant explosives on a bridge or anything? No, I don't remember if I did stuff like yeah, that. I yeah, don't think, I don't remember I don't doing stuff for attention, like to get attention. I always I think, but I think that's probably because we got the attention we needed from right, our parents. Right. I've seen kids though. I've seen clear cut examples throughout my life of kids that were being ignored and struck out that way. It's it's so tragic to see that. Yeah. A fr- a, I mean, a, fr- a friend of mine, friendish. Was the persistent troublemaker? They just, you know, knew was not going to be in for a good run, mm-hmm. and the parents were completely uninvolved. Well, and now you have a whole other level of distraction with your phone right there. Yes, if you want to, uh, you know, uh, scroll through social media or play a game or text with somebody or whatever it may be. You have. Several different options right there in your pocket. There'll be like times where Jason's like, Mom, Mom. And then he's like, Mom, you're not listening to me. I'm like, oh, my God. And I put the phone down because that's why I'm not listening. I'm right, reading right. something on the phone. And, and I put it down because. There'll be time for Pornhub later. Oh, so my God. So <laughs> no, but that's no, good, but it it's good that you recognize. Just that, yeah. that he has to call my name two or yeah. three times makes me feel terrible. Yeah. But you do do a lot of activities. I mean, you're, well, you're yeah. the activity he, queen. Sometimes yeah. he's like, can we just stay home and sit on our phones? Please use your phone. <laughs> Please talk. To people, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not your life. Uh, do I, is our guest here? Or do I have time for one more? Uh, no, you got time for one more. Okay. A uh, Munster University study. Oh wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's who's the dean of that? Is it Grandpa or <laughs> Herman? It's spelled M U E N S T. Okay, right. like the cheese. Right. A uh, study of 109 patients found that antidepressant treatments may be able to rewire the human brain. Uh, the drugs alter brain structures previously thought to be fixed. According to uh, Jonathan Reppel, uh, the professor in charge of this said, uh, we found that treatment for depression changed the infrastructure of the brain, which goes against previous expectations. Uh, we found these changes took place over a period of only around six weeks. So mm. the perception is you can actually rewire. Because there was some stuff that was coming out recently about talking about the general effectiveness of mood stabilizers. Mm-hmm. And that for the most part, they aren't effective. And that the there was sort of a call to action to 
the industry overall to uh, to be better at learning how to help people with these situations. Are mood stabilizers the same as antidepressants? I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. When, once you start to get into uh, some of these drugs, which I've I've never uh, taken, I, I don't know the differences between. Nor do I. Tranquilizers, antidepressants, uh, mood stabilizers. I don't. I don't know. I know my Flintstone vitamins. Those are yeah. good. Even within the antidepressant world, there's a whole bunch of different options. So, right. You know, I I tried one that ended up not really doing very much for me. And, and did you had, ever feel like, had some weird side effects? So I stopped taking that one and then uh, started taking a different one. So I'm, I'll, I take an antidepressant every day. Um, and for me, I don't. I wouldn't consider it a mood stabilizer. I think it's different. There are also anti-anxiety drugs. Um, and so those I take much more infrequently. Was there ever a point in which t- you felt? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Kathy. Go no, ahead. they are they are different. I just yeah. looked it up, so they're two different. W- was different there ever ever a point at which you felt uh, over medicated? No. Okay. No, and anti anxiety drugs for me are if you have a bit of an anxiety attack or yeah. you are in a really bad place. Uh, something like an Ativan, uh, I will take maybe once every two months yeah. or something like that, and, and that is helpful during those times. But uh, antidepressant for me, it's um, an everyday thing. Here's from uh, Mind.org. It says, some people assume that antidepressant drugs are also mood stabilizers. This may be because they can help lift your mood uh, if you're experiencing depression. But antidepressants are not included in the group of drugs that we call mood stabilizers. They are a separate type of psychiatric medication. Yeah. So don't know a lot about this. Uh, yeah, uh, all Ativan and all the 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 things that accompany. I've I've no. Real well, there's there's a lot of really interesting uh, advancements in like uh, psilocybin right, right now and, and mushrooms. Yeah, and and, the, and like uh, the way that that can actually affect brain chemistry. Um, it, it's new research, and by new I mean with over the last ten years. Um, but it's uh, it's the largest advancement in brain chemistry since um, Prozac, and so the way that they're able to sort of See what these types of things can do, which had been, you know, there was just a terrible stigma attached to them for a really long time. They can actually be enormously beneficial for people who are dealing with uh, serious depression issues. Mm. So it's a really interesting way to see something that's not formed in a lab, something that's formed in nature. Organically, yeah. uh, uh, That it might be able to help a lot of people. One word I kind of broke down recently, and uh, I had never really thought to think of it, but uh, tranquilizers. Mm -hmm. I always thought of that as like a kind of a harsh word, but I'm like... Wait a minute. The root is tranquility. Yeah. yeah. We are going oh. to tranquilize you. Because yeah. we all want tranquility, yeah, right? Like tamale. Yeah, it's like a lot like the tamale. Which, by the way, you can get at the Justin Institute Absolutely. Now. He stole the sliced alone tamales. <laughs> uh, the study shows that the brain Go may be... To your happy place. <laughs> You're in the ring. And Mickey tells you he's giving you your locker back. How do you feel about that? Oh, we'd be so happy. Who was the guy that he took his locker, that, that took his locker? Who oh. was that? Oh, man. I had that That's in, a good trivia question. I, I had that yeah. in our in our Rocky yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yep. self-proclaimed what expert, was his name? and I forgot Spuds it. McKenzie. What the hell was that guy? Spuds McKenzie, the dog? <laughs> I forgot who the guy was. Give me locker room, dog! <laughs> it was a okay, nick- the box! It was a nickname. Uh, Dipper Brown. Dipper That's Brown. it. Dipper. God almighty. Uh, by the way, the study shows that the brain may be more capable of change than previously thought, which means conditions like depression are not set in stone. And as many as 10% of Americans struggle with depression. Is so, it possible to train the mind to always roll with the changes? Oh, you would hope so. Well, it's a long road, Steve. Uh, no. well, which one you want me to do? <laughs> I think we need to learn to roll with the changes before we travel down that long road. Well, I think that uh, rolling with the changes is kind of what uh, Thanks for coming tonight, folks. being happy is all about. So, 
Uh, but it is a long road home if you are indeed leaving after the show. So, very long. As we are taking the long road off of the uh, campus of the Just Saying Institute, I will say thank you for stopping by this morning. Uh, And a reminder, today's Tattoos Day. We have a chance to win a President Steve themed tattoo. So get on that. And a reminder that Camp Out for Hunger starts on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday. In fact, we have a little bit of detail to share with you on that. We'll take a break. Come back in a moment. Director Brandon Eric Kamen will be here in our studio. Stay with us. Preston and Steve's 25th annual Camp Out for Hunger, supporting Phil Abundance at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. Starting Monday, November 7th, they'll be live from inside the Bimbo Bakeries USA broadcast tent. Hey gang, your support has always been amazing, and we're hoping you can help out again. Plus, we've missed your faces. Come enjoy some Dunkin' Coffee, have fun, and say hi. Donate non-perishable food items at our drive through drop-off with volunteers equipped by Stopper Glove and safety or make a donation at WMMR.com and at the register of your local Acme Market. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Made possible by Victory Brewing Company, Campbell's Soup, Cash Cow Vending, Sea Box, Custom Shipping Containers, Gilbane Building Company, and Thackray Crane. 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Uh, we're going to welcome our next guest uh, to the program. He is a writer, director, and producer of a film called uh, Rittenhouse Square. It was at the uh, Philadelphia Film Festival. Yeah. Uh, premiered. Uh, and uh, Pierre, to his amazement, ended up on the red carpet for this thing. <laughs> and he doesn't know how he ended up there. They thought he was Lindsay Lohan. Oh, is that yeah, what they thought a, was? We finally figured it out. Uh, <laughs> and he had a chance to speak to the uh, the director, the gentleman that's here in the studio, and uh, asked him about MMR, and he mentioned our name. Yeah. And so we're like, wow, that's pretty awesome. This movie stars, by the way, Nick Nolte, the yeah. great Nick Nolte. Uh, and so we were excited to get him in here. So please welcome Brandon Eric Kamen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you, man. Wait, that wasn't Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> no. I know. Uh, right? It's, it's an he easy mistake. He that. Yeah. Me every time. He, I don't know how many conversations <laughs> he had to pretend that he was on the set of Freaky Friday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're from Havertown? Is that where you're from? Yeah, born and raised in Havertown. And then, uh, you know, the guy to your right, Casey, and I have some uh, similar blood. We both went to her sinus together. Wow. We're not together, not but together. different times. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we're both bears. That's yeah. awesome. And then, so how did uh, how did movies come into your uh, your world? Well, it's directing, a, writing, producing. Yeah, I mean, it's a long stuff. story. I was like the uh, sports thespian dude. I went to football practice, then I went to football, uh, football, then I went to theater, and then yeah. from theater, I was fetching coffees at WIP Radio from an early age. So, I actually always wanted to do radio, and then I got into college, continued that that pursuit. And um, what was the flashpoint where you said, I, I think I want to go, you, you know, mm-hmm. movies and script writing and all it's it's that's it's linear, but it's a leap of, of, yeah. of, of I, a sort. It's funny. Like, I, I convinced my best friend to drop out of Brown to start this pro- uh, project called uh, Bear Bear Productions <laughs> oh with God. me. And wow. uh, we were making mom and pop commercials in East Falls. We had a cleaning business for two years, scrubbing toilets on our hands and knees, just making anything to get by. And um, it's because, you know, I grew up with. You know, doing stuff with brands and knowing some people from WIP. So yeah. then I uh, was like, all right, well, no one wants to buy a Chevy from a 22-year-old on the radio after college. So I'm like, all right, what do I know? Right. Uh, he did tech. I did, like, theater. Let's put them together. And we did we did videos. And that's – we just – Grew it. And so you did a movie called Nomad, The Nomads, right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Did, right. That was just uh, one of those reading the Inquirer every day. 
and came across a column. Had you written a, a long form script Never. prior to that? Never. So you just put you you started you set out. And and so this is a movie about uh, based on a true story, correct? The Nomads of Renhouse Square. The Nomads. The Nomads. Yeah, I showed up at their field. I made them a Kickstarter video, and then I had the opportunity to make my first indie. Right. And some of my partners were like, "Hey, what do you want to do it on?" I'm like, "Oh, this team in North Philly is awesome. That's a true story. Twenty schools were shut down. A history teacher started a rugby program for the." Kids like inner city, it's you know, really against cool. the odds. I'd never yeah. heard about it, and just yeah. doing a little bit of reading on this, I not I was not familiar with this story, but it's it seems yeah. really cool. But the fact that you take the jump and go, okay, I'll I'll create a, do yeah. a movie about this. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a jump. You take ten years of anything that you made in yeah. commercials and you invest it all yeah. in a movie. You're taking a jump. So. Yeah. So so that's the thing that that people might not understand is when you decide ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a movie. Um, movies cost money to make, yeah. and you have to go out and you got to get that money, and you have to sell you, it. You essentially have to beg people for money to uh, get a movie. Uh, made. It's, it's a lot of begging. Uh, yeah, there's other favors. Of, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was, uh, <laughs> well, you were doing the toilets. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta. If you're an indie filmmaker, if you're trying to do this yourself, and you're not a Shyamalan of the world, yeah. right, or the next prodigy, right, uh, you, you gotta. Put some skin in the game. Yeah. So I'm in there saying, you know, I'm not going to pay myself. Here's my business plan. Uh, I'm, I'm putting everything I can, and it hurts. I'm putting everything I can in, in the pot so I can match my investors. That's and, amazing. And pray. Yeah. Do, do you start, do you, do you go to family and friends, and then how do you start uh, reaching out? Because that's, that's an important thing for those, you know, budding filmmakers listening that might need to know, you know? Well, you know, I, this wasn't just like a, right after undergrad I wanted to do movies. So right. I had built a good network a business, here in yeah. Philadelphia. I did a lot of projects for a lot of brands with a lot of CEOs that believed in me. Okay. So I, I usually went to business leaders that I already knew, okay. people that would have my back, that I consider family. And, um, you yeah, know, fortunately, I had some some good guys behind me. So you said you would do projects for them. What Would you do video projects for them? Over my, my partners? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were usually uh, people from brands. Like, you know, I, I'd done projects with Under Armour and Uber. I had built my okay. uh, commercial business up to working with notable brands. So I had some good okay. uh, so was, know, it wasn't like, to go to. Yeah, well, you, it wasn't straight out of college. You'd already been working successfully doing something similar. Yeah. And you just expanded it. It's funny because the, uh, the, this, this movie... Uh, um, Rittenhouse Square, my wife's uh, trainer and friend happened to be, she came, you know, to train my wife one day and she said, you know, as I was walking uh, to Rittenhouse and I was started talking to this guy and I'm like, this guy really looks like Nick Nolte. <laughs> and, 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 and Nick Nolte never um, was very pleasant, carried on a conversation, I, seemed to be in character, but she's like, it didn't seem like Nick Nolte, but... Uh, and so they were clearly shooting, um, you know, the, the movie at that time. Was a lot of this shot guerrilla style? No, it, it was it was all planned. Uh, you know, we, we mapped it all out like a normal narrative. Uh, but I, I wrote this for Nick. Okay. I, I'm a big fan of Nick's, like, going all the way back North Dallas 40 and He's great. Prince of Tides. And, I mean, Blue Chips was one of my favorite movies growing yeah. up. So he, um, he reminded me of my father a lot, and I wanted to write it. It's, it was an ode to him. And uh, when I flew out there, when he was interested in, in the script, it, it kind of found its way through his agency somehow, some way, by a, a miraculous effort. And uh, I flew out to meet him. I was really nervous. This is a guy with three Academy Award nominations, a yeah. Golden Globe, 240 movies under his belt in some capacity. Yeah. So I'm like, we ought to use profanity on here? Uh, really? To a certain level. Yeah. <laughs> I was crapping myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and... 
when I got out there and had lunch with him, the, the dude couldn't have been more nicer, humble, and just excited to be a part of it. So That's wild. He elevated the project. We were on Zoom. Two to, that, this is something new. We yeah. were on Zoom for two to three hours a week running lines. And that was just a game changer because we showed up with so much synergy. The whole cast did. So the, okay. the story is very. The story is of Rittenhouse Square. I was reading a review that, I, and, and tell me if this rings true to you. A very glowing review of the movie says, "Well, it comes across as how important open spaces like this, talking about Rittenhouse Square, are um, to urban dwellers and how they enhance the quality of life and become uh, citified versions of village squares." And 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 they the the review pointed out that Rittenhouse Square is a character in the movie. Yeah, it's it's it is. I mean, yeah. it's the focal point of our city. It's the centerpiece. So if we're going to have conversations about life, about encouraging one another, you know, it's a, the story about a kid who kind of runs away from his mainline home. He feels marginalized. He's like has mental health issues, and he's a street singer, and he's a really good one. And uh, Nick Nolte is this uh, homeless veteran battling PTSD. He's been on the streets for thirty years, and they befriend one another. And um, you know, Rainhill Square is. The melting pot that we yeah. all know it is. It's iconic. And if we were going to set it somewhere, I wanted wanted it to be there because that's usually where I get my inspiration from, too. So when you were working in, you know, in East Falls and in, in the area in general, would you would you head it? You would find yourself in the house square fairly often? Yeah, not buying anything, but definitely walking. Right, you know, yeah. I'm not going to park restaurant <laughs> and grabbing an omelet for $15 <laughs> at the time. Yeah. You know, but it is, it is an interesting melting pot, as you point out. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of stories uh, you know, you always, are you are you by nature a people watcher? Yeah, and, and I'm also a, like a dive in, like ethnographic type of dude. I, I want to go in and immerse and understand how you view the world. So I'd made two short films in the square already. One <laughs> was called Soup. The other was called Music. With a soup one, we went around and gave just soup to people that were, in, you know, in need of a silver lining. And we just had conversations. And then Music, we did another short film. And just like a guy with an acoustic guitar just rocking out. Right. So, I, I, you know, this was all building over the years that I wanted this to be the, the through line. That's cool. What time of year was uh, the film shot in? This time last year, exactly. Okay. So fall right. foliage. It was beautiful. Oh, it's got to be gorgeous. People were turning their heads, 18th and Walnut, 100-person crew with big cameras and Nick Nolte, as you said. Yeah. But, oh, oh my gosh, everyone was just so relaxed and, and supportive. Of course, people had their cameras out, but when our first AD was like, hey, everyone can just like, you know. That cool. Yeah. It was it was great. It Does was great. the majority of it take place in the square? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we, we were there filming for about three weeks. You can't wow. shut it down. You get a really expensive permit, but that was about it. So so you how are you how are you metering or, or at least handling uh people who might be prompted to stop and stare in the in the I mean, how much sway did you have over the area? When you're do, when you're shooting in a city, sometimes you'll see like there there's a classic shot of them shooting dog day afternoon. And, you know, it's like a couple people in the street. And then the other side are like a thousand people yeah. of a barrier watching what's going on. I, I don't know. If I had to compare it, it's like if you saw Jason Kelsey at the bar, you just buy him a beer and say, thanks, man. You're awesome. Right, right. And that's pretty much how it was with Nick Nolte. It was like, hey, um, you're awesome. Uh, what can I do not to mess this thing up for you? Oh, okay. So everyone was just, just kind of walking around. I mean, tons of pedestrians. But, you know, we're usually filming at times when it's not as busy. Right, know, right, overnights, right. Overnights. In the middle of the day, during the weekdays, so the the traffic wasn't as bad. Logistically, it's such a, 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 a massive undertaking, even on an independent, on a smaller film. You know, we, our Camp Out for Hunger is coming up, and you, all the moving parts of that. So when you're out there, um, you know, are you? I assume as a director, you're, you build the chops of just being fluid in the moment because 
you've got to roll with stuff that's thrown at you, right? Yeah, I'm praying to every single idol there is uh, because you have so many variables that uh, yeah. you can't control. If it rains one day, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, it's in the middle of COVID. Right. So not only are, is everyone masked up and, like, afraid to interact with one another, it's just a line item that you're not expecting. So thank God for Jefferson and some of our sponsors that came in and were like, hey, we'll, we'll offset this $80,000 line item that you weren't expecting for COVID wow. testing. Wow. So it's just, yeah. it's tough. If you're just tuning in, it's uh, Brandon Eric Kamen, who is a writer, director, and producer of the film uh, Rittenhouse Square, shot here. Brandon's a local guy from Havertown. Uh, I wanted to ask about working with, uh, with Nick Nolte. Uh, did you get a chance to geek out a little bit and ask him about some of his roles he's played, like maybe Tropic Thunder or some of those? <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't do that one, but All I did right. ask him about Down and Out in Beverly Hills because oh, we had some great. similar, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, because he plays a homeless man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, ah, oh, yeah, I showed up with lice. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, Nick, uh, at 81 years old, you do not need to do that for us. I right. think you can, uh, you and, know. And we'll CGI. That that voice of his, it almost uh, sounds like it, it hurts for him to talk. You know what I mean? It's so good. It's so, yeah, it's, it's you're so right. Good. He has that so with his character. Rich, rich man, poor man, he yeah. sounded like it. 48 hours, yep, he sounded like out. that. Yep. It, he was so good. And, you know, when in doubt... I'm just like, just push him. Just get tight on his yeah. face because yeah. it's, it's all in his face. He doesn't need to do much. It's Nick Nolte. The guy could just twitch his right eye and you would think he earned an Oscar for it. It's uh, so good. Now, the person playing KJ is a newcomer, right? Yep, first time. And I like working with first-time actors because of their energy and their excitement. Uh, he's a Broadway guy. He's touring on Hamilton right now. So I think we're catching him at just the right point. But, okay, because uh, you needed a good singer. He's he's a street uh, musician. Yeah. So, so funny thing about that is that he is a great singer in his own right. But I had met a kid busking in the square, which was a part of, like, you know, this is a fictional story. And yeah. it combines a lot of different people that I know. But one thing I wanted for the protagonist was to honor this kid that I met in the square. Wow. His name is Matthew Schuler. He's from Yardley. And when I tell you, this dude can pierce, man. And I sat with him for two hours. I'm like, dude, what are you doing out here? Mm. He's rocking vans. Yeah backwards hat and i'm like what are you doing and he was like ah oh, you know just not not really uh couldn't make it in, in in the biz a little bit yeah and this kid finished third on the voice two years prior third so i used his voice underneath deron's acting just oh. to kind of honor him and okay. you know wow. have his back a little bit that's pretty wild yeah, yeah. yeah but it, and that that shows you just by by the very nature here you are look at your story you know, there's talent, there's the desire, you clearly have the desire, and then there's just happenstance, and a lot of times it gets you where you need to be. Um, you know, here's a guy who's on The Voice, you figure, oh, that, oh, your, your ticket's punched now, you're good to go. You know, you you, you, you play, it's a national show, not so much, you know? It, you would think so. I mean, I think he went to Vegas and had a short run, but it is tough, and you got to be resilient. It's that whole Rocky theme of just, you know... Get back up and yeah, keep yeah. on going. Well, speaking about tough, that's that's the movie industry too. So uh, you 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 had the uh, Philadelphia Film uh, Festival. Are there other festivals coming up? This is going to be shown at, and then when can we expect a release of the movie and all of that? So we're the underdog movie that could, believe it or not. You know, we're just fighting for the tax credit here in Pennsylvania, and uh, distribution is the hardest part of the game. So we're yeah. we're in that stage right now where we're strategizing and trying to get it out there. You know, our first movie landed on BET and Amazon, which was great. But this movie is hopefully Nick's name will get us out there and. Get us something big. Um, Sharon Pinkinson is the big cheerleader for the tax credit in Pennsylvania uh, for the film office. And uh, no, ah. shaking your head. Uh, you know, 
It was tough. It was tough. Ah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're small. We didn't have enough ec- economic impact last year. Wow. Compared to some of the other big dogs in town. Damn. You know, there's only a certain amount that's allocated. Yeah. You know, there's like $70 million allocated for the tax credit, and you got Creed, or you have the hustle coming in, and it's a right. $100 million yeah. budget, and they qualify for $0.30 cents on the dollar. You know, that's eaten up within three For movies. An indie film. And so guys like us are screwed. Did you miss an opportunity by not dressing Nick Nolte as Thor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He would be a good agent Thor. Yeah. Damn. Without Damn, question. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 So so with this being uh your your main focus, obviously, to get this uh, out and um and widely distrib- uh, distributed. Um, or do you have plans on the next project or is that later on? Yeah, I mean Nick and I really hit it off uh I don't know how many years he has left, that he, but he's going to do it until the day he doesn't wake up. Right. So I'm writing stuff for him right now. I'm writing really? on, on solitary confinement for him, which is also another Philadelphia concept that started here. It was a Quaker deal. Yeah. The first jail in the world. So I'm always writing things for him. That'd and, be wild. Like, yeah. that, but Listen, for, at, at another point, to, to get a story of... Uh, Eastern State Penitentiary, a very comprehensive one. Obviously, you're, you're right now focusing on on the more indie, smaller budget thing. That's what you you're, you have to do. Yep. But there, the you know Hollywood is is uh, is a tremendous amount of stories where people started that way and and went up the, the chain. So you're off and running. I'm, I'm intrigued by the business side of it because you know if, if you have a star like Nick Nolte attached to a movie like that, and obviously Brandon, it's your movie, it's your baby. But can you lean on Nick to say, hey, can you make some phone calls? Can you call? I don't know a Robert Downey Jr. or somebody like. Are there ways back channels to to get distribution that we don't know about? I mean, put it this way: if you're he, he is repped by CAA, right? So if you're CAA, are you going to help us? Why would you help us? Right? Are you going to help us because I'm going to write four more movies for your guy? And if I'm going to write four more movies for your guy, what kind of budget is behind those movies? Right. So I'm just at the beginning right now. Sure. If I'm doing big movies and I'm really, you know, getting along with Nick, of course they're going to get behind us and get us in every big festival and, you know, make sure that we get on some big platform as an original exclusivity agreement. But, you know, we're still just, we're just an underdog You're, you're right at the beginning. We're I right, mean, at, the beginning, right so at the beginning. We need performances to drive this thing. Let we me, need all that. There's got to be a quid pro quo at some point, though, right? Like, where, where you, like you can do a favor some, for somebody, or Nick can do a favor for somebody. Yeah, this guy is 81 years old. He's like, Brandon, thanks for the check. And, you know, yeah, 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 come on over yeah. for lunch. He's like, let's talk football. You know, we're watching the Phillies game in, in, his, in his hotel room before the premiere, and he's like, oh, sh- crap, we gotta go to the, the premiere. I'm like, yeah, 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 let's go. So, I mean, we're friends. It's yeah. just, it's, uh, you know, how, how much can he do? Yeah. By the way, any of your uh, local buddies, friends, uh, try to get bit parts in your movies or uh, ask for cameos or anything like that. Little. I mean, look, I you know Glenn Macnell's in there because he's like a father to me. Yeah. He's, so he's he's got cameos, and I, I put cameos everywhere just to make the authenticity of it happen. <laughs> so a lot of the street performers are in there that you'll see every day. Um, there's a guy that. Uh, Cuts hair for homeless guys on, on, right on Broad Street. Brennan, he's in there doing a really beautiful scene. I'm not trying to give too much away, but that's you know, right. no, no, no. Man. And honestly, have you have you gotten anything in front of um, of um, M Night Shyamalan? I mean, you know, he supports so much that goes on here. Yeah, uh, is, is, are you on his radar at all? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a little drop here, but like, we we play basketball every week together, oh. and uh, I've worked that relationship for ten years. <laughs> 
He got to his house where he has yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a court, and yeah. uh, we've been playing it. And, and over the years, it's like, hey, can you bring a buddy? So now all of Havertown is there. <laughs> him. It's like Delco and Shyamalan. And, uh, he's just a great... Well, can we expect to see you directing an episode of Servant or something like that? No, nah, it's, not, it's not really my genre. We're, we're more friends, and, you know, as you can imagine, when we play hoops, it's it's just like, let's just play hoops. Strictly you know, fun, Casey but. has a pretty good outside shot if you ever need, like, a... Yep. It's not bad. It's, it's not bad. Well, that's because we went to her sinus. And that's like, right. He knows how to play D3 hoops. <laughs> I mean, hardcore D3. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you know, good luck with everything, man. This is a, this is a cool success story in the making right now. You're on your way up, and uh, and we hope, uh, you know, big things happen with Rittenhouse Square for yeah, you. Man. Thanks, guys. And let us know what else is coming up down the road, okay? Really appreciate it. Thank you. Our hey, pleasure. Absolutely. Brandon, Eric, came in, yeah. guys. The movie is Rittenhouse Square. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Preston and Steve's 25th annual Camp Out for Hunger, supporting Phil Abundance at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. Starting Monday, November 7th, they'll be live from inside the Bimbo Bakeries USA broadcast tent. Hey gang, your support has always been amazing, and we're hoping you can help out again. Plus, we've missed your faces. Come enjoy some Dunkin' Coffee, have fun, and say hi. Donate non-perishable food items at our drive through drop-off with volunteers fueled by Pepsi. Or make a donation at WMMR.com and at the register of your local Acme Market. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Made possible by Coors Light and Origlio Beverage. The Keystone Mountain Lakes Regional Council of Carpenters Local 158. Local 8 Stagehands. United Rentals Reliable On-Site Solutions. TRG Mid-Atlantic and the General Building Contractors Association. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. All right, we're going to do the Bizarre File, then we're going to have a guest in our studio. So here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by IBEW654. You can join Jackie Bam Bam for the IBEW654's Toys for Tots Drive, which is Saturday, November 12th. Uh, from 11 to 1 at the Boothwin Union Hall, and that's at 3729 Chichester Avenue. And you can get into the spirit of things and the spirit of giving this holiday season. Uh, a man named Lou from Zhejiang was hospitalized after eating a live crab that had bitten his daughter. Uh, the doctor uh, had asked him, and, he, and the doctor said, uh, who was in charge of this case, said, I asked him, why did you eat a live crab? And he said... I wanted to take revenge for my daughter. I was going to ask if it was a, a revenge act. Yeah. Lou was hospitalized for back pain and parasitic infection. Ah. Oh my God. So it was the, actually the, the crab that got the revenge. Yeah. While crabs oh, sometimes served raw after being marinated in alcohol, cooking the crustacean uh, best prevents these kinds of ailments. You and son of a bitch. The Center for Food Safety in Hong Kong recommends against eating. a very specific set of skills. Raw crab. Uh, yeah. It's insane. Uh, Lou's why not hit it with a hammer? Lou's recovering uh, well at this point. All right, this is a tragedy. Maybe you saw this guys or not. This this story, guys, or not, but I figured I'd bring it up in the B-File, but at least 140 people died when a pedestrian suspension bridge yes. collapsed in India's western state of Gujarat. It's horrible. Uh, a local official said most of those who had died were women, children, or elderly. Oh, yeah. The bridge uh, had been reopened just a week ago after repairs. There was overcrowding on the bridge at the time as people celebrated the uh, Diwali Festival. Uh, the 
750-foot bridge over uh, the Machichu River uh, was built during British rule in the 19th century. The death toll is expected to rise further. Uh, more than 177 people have been rescued so far. An eyewitness said uh, all of them fell on top of one another. Uh, the bridge collapsed due to overloading, and videos on social media show dozens clinging to the wreckage as emergency teams attempted to rescue them. Some survivors clambered up the bridge's broken netting, and others managed to swim to the riverbanks. But it was horrible. It also seemed that just before it went down and collapsed, it, it was like rocking back and forth pretty wow. furiously. Wow. Okay. Well, let's move on to something else. Tulsa police say two men were arrested Sunday in connection uh, with a burglary at an AT&T store. On Sunday morning, officers said they arrived at the AT&T in response to the store's alarm and found that the power had been cut. One of the windows was broken out and the store had been ransacked. Police said display phones, chargers, other miscellaneous items were stolen and over $1,000 in damage was done inside the store. So officers then found an iPhone that appeared to be used and AT&T personnel said that it didn't belong to them, so officers seized the phone as evidence. After they left, a man later identified as Dylan Slack arrived at the store and attempted to go inside. Store personnel said Slack said he'd left his phone inside and he wanted to retrieve it. <laughs> I was just... You're going to laugh. I was just robbing the place. And I, left, <laughs> I left my own phone here. Uh, work on, at, at a phone store. A dump, yeah. right? It's like you can't write this stuff, but I, if you have it, I'd really appreciate it back. Store personnel said that Slack said that he had left his phone inside, wanted to retrieve it. The workers told police they told Slack the phone wasn't oh, there. Oh. I didn't mean to walk out. I have a woman in a pit in my basement. Uh, and he left in a Jeep Cherokee with a missing right fender. An officer later found the Jeep parked in a parking lot. The officer said Slack approached him and said that his name was Matt Damon. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, for real? Come on. Oh, oh Mr. Damon, I'm yes. a huge David. Yeah. Uh, Slack. I loved you in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and those Damon. Bourne movies were riveting. Slack was arrested by the officer shortly after. Another officer then located and arrested his father, Can David. Get out. Ford versus Ferrari. Was that all actual driving? Uh, Slack admitted to the burglary and also said his father was in the Jeep during the burglary, but, but not did not get out of his vehicle. They were booked on charges of uh, burglary and false impersonation because he was pretending to be <laughs> Matt Damon. Kathy, we have the pictures up here in the studio. Which is oh. which is the hotter of the that's, two? Yeah, the one that looks like Matt Damon. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's Matt Ben Damon Affleck on the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> the guy with the long hair, I think, is uh, more attractive than. Would you agree, Kathy? Yeah, I, I would think so, right? I, I sure. All right. <laughs> a man dropped his gun and then shot it during a flag football game on school property. Now he's lost his concealed carry permit. Uh, it happened at Crest Hill Middle School in Colorado. And the man was arrested on a number of crimes. David Drummond faces counts of prohibited use of a weapon, unlawfully carrying a weapon on school property, reckless endangerment, and other charges. Anything got caught on my colostomy bag. They responded to reports of shots fired. Drummond was attending his flag football game uh, when a handgun fell out of his pants. When he picked up the handgun, he discharged a round into the area. It's okay! He faced a felony for bringing the gun on school grounds. Uh, because of that, deputies confiscated his concealed handgun permits for both Utah and Arapahoe County. All right, we'll do one more story, and then we will wrap it up. Uh, yeah, I like this one. A Venice man was accused of causing a crash while driving drunk, then leaving the scene to go get shots at a nearby bar. <laughs> 
Hair, uh, hair of the dog, right? Uh, Tyge Tuchulio was uh, charged with hit and run involving damage uh, to property. DUI, two counts of hit and run involving injury. He was allegedly drunk driving and crashed into a car. He then fled on foot to a nearby bar, <laughs> bought three whiskey shots before returning to the scene. Uh, Tuchulio, take the edge off. He told police that he was buzzed. <laughs> and and mispronounced the word Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting trashed on wine? Uh, along with claiming that he drove a Toyota when a Ford was involved in the crash. Do you have something that pairs nicely with collision? He told them, I am a controlled alcoholic. I just quit <laughs> drinking vodka, and now I'm drinking wine. He's, what do they call that, California sober? <laughs> the crash allegedly caused $5,000 in damage. One victim had a minor injury, and the other had some neck pain. His arraignment is on December. Ninth, by the way. So, Preston, his mugshot. Uh, the reminder is always make sure your glasses are straightened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. All right. Our next guest is going to be appearing at Helium Comedy Club next week. He's a good friend. We've had him on many, many times. Please welcome Pat House to the show. This morning. How you doing, Pat? Doing well. Was that last story out of Delco? Uh, it certainly <laughs> seemed like it belonged it right there. seems like it does. You're a Delco guy. I absolutely am. Yeah. And a bartender, and you have driven people home at the end of your shift, I have you not? I absolutely have. <laughs> It's not what's my favorite thing to do. But what's that like? Oh, it's always a real treat, let me tell you. When you lock the doors, you're the last employee there, and you have to drive some drunk jackass home. It's just the best. It's the best. I, so the, uh, is, I know the, the responsibility, the onus is placed on the facility, right, to make sure the, the people leave. You know, like you, you're a babysitter now. What's the furthest you've had to drive someone home? Not too far, just within a couple miles. But the weirdest one, actually, about a month ago, I had to drive a guy to a shopping center, and he had golf clubs on him, but no golf bag. (laughs) He just had loose loose putter, a driver, and a couple irons. Okay. And he said he lost his golf bag on the course. He didn't have a license. I'm like, how'd you get here? Please explain all this to me. He lost it on the course. Yeah. All right. You could tell he was a psychopath. And am I even crazier? Because I drove him home. I let this guy in my car. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm like. I'm trying to do the right thing, but I could get murdered here. Yeah. yeah. Any, any any of those uh, late night trip homes uh, trips home uh, turn into budding relationships uh, or anything? No, this you know, is okay. so rare. It's <laughs> okay. always a drunk dude over fifty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who should know better? Yeah, I mean, and there's a, but he's too old to realize there's an app called Uber that he can right. use. Probably. I'm sorry that mash didn't end the way I wanted it to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that's part of part of the job, though. Yeah. 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 Thank God it's infrequent. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, you've got a gig coming up at Helium next week, which is cool. We're going to be out doing our camp out for a I know. So that'll, we'll be busy and we can't come to the show, unfortunately. No problem. I appreciate you having me in. Congrats on yeah. 25 years. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you've been yeah. there for a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought of this that yesterday, like uh, a couple of years you've done the camp out comedy show and it's been a blast and the last one I did my favorite comic is Dave Attell he's, he's a great, great friend of you guys yeah. I had to follow Attell on the last show <laughs> and it was awesome but yeah. like I've opened for him a lot yeah. but I've never had to follow my hero before uh-huh. I think Pace I think you're like you're on after Attell and I'm like oh crap here we go <laughs> but it was awesome and it was a blast and I've known Dave forever uh, but those shows were a lot of fun man they are they are cool and, and, and Attell's one of my absolute favorites likewise you know? he's so, the reason why I do it in the first place state of the art yeah I'm the only comic 
comic who can say they had a Dave Attell poster in their college dorm. <laughs> wow. It was an Insomniac poster. I, yeah. I, had, I had to get it. It was a great series. That, that was, was really cool in college, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, have you become, you know, have a uh, an easy relationship with him now? If you yeah. see him, he's going to know you. Yeah, and, it's been a couple right. years, definitely since before the pandemic. But it's one of the weird things about comedy is like when you get to work alongside your heroes and then get to know them. Mm-hmm. Like you walk into the green room and Dave Attell or Jim Gaffigan's like, hey, Pat, I'm like, this is still weird. Yeah. Right, right, right. Still, 20 years in, I still have not gotten well, used to that. We talk about, you know, the uh, imposter syndrome. It's something mm-hmm. that everyone says, well, I, yeah. sh- I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't I'm, be I'm here. nowhere on this this level. Uh, with with your show at Helium, are, are, are you bringing any uh, any uh, guests with you? or who's? Yeah, I have uh, every year. I just book local comics. I book my friends. It makes for a great show. Give some locals, you know, a great Exposure. chance to get in yeah. front of the Helium crowd and get a good tape and get a good set. So I got some good friends on the show. And, yeah, I like booking local. Right, right, yeah. Uh, Pat, I'm looking at the little uh, <laughs> promotional picture that you put together for this. This is Pat House Helium Comedy Club, November 8th and 9th. And it's, I'm assuming this is a picture of you. When that is a indeed a picture of me, yes. During martial arts, you're holding uh, two uh, on these the weapons that are called size. Size, yeah. yeah and <laughs> I still think I have those. I have to take a lap at my parents' house and see if those are still around. You, you're a white belt in this. <laughs> at that point, they gave you the weapons. Yeah, I yeah. got a couple belts in. Did you? How far in? I don't remember. I'm probably like six in here, but I started karate very young. Yeah. Right, so and then also quit very young. That was done before 10. <laughs> All right, wow. which, which Ninja Turtle carried the size? Raphael? Ra- was it Raphael? Okay. I think so. <laughs> was he your muse when it came to? Probably at that time. So how far did you get? What, you don't remember what color you got to? I don't know. Maybe yellow? Is that okay. far up? No, that's it's next? not. It that's two. That's the green? second one. I had a yellow and I had a green. That's just Man. a stained white belt. That's yeah. all. <laughs> green is usually the third one. Are the belt rankings uniform across the board? No. Not necessarily. No. Then no. I got the one before black. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, there you go. Okay. No, that would be brown. Yeah. Uh, what, how, did your mom get you these pictures, or because uh, I know you've my used dad some... did karate with me, and oh. then I remember this photo shoot. There's there's more, and I'll, I'm <laughs> going to post another one later today. Oh, so it's God. also from the same karate shoot. How high did your dad get belt wise? Probably as far as I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about it anymore. Uh, Pat, I know a little bit about the story, but I'd love for you to share it on air uh, of you and Tony Danza and Maniscalco from the summer and and what happened. Oh yeah. Uh, I was opening for Sebastian in the Hamptons, all the way down Long Island, and the Hamptons are a place where comedy is terrible. Yeah. Uh, I think I've that's played. on the billboard when you come into town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm opening for Sebastian, and I do 20 minutes, and I am bombing. Oh. I mean, I am eating it. There's like, there's 400, 500 people here, and nothing is going well. Yeah. And I look in the crowd, and I see one dude that's having a good time. And I'm like, that guy looks like Tony Danza. And I keep looking at him, and I look at him. I see one person enjoying themselves. I'm going to focus on this guy. And then after the show, who walks in my green room? Tony Danza. And he basically said, F those people. You're hilarious. What? Don't mind them. And then also, Sebastian did not do well that night either, and he, like, cut his time in half. Do like ninety minute shows. He did like forty five or fifty. So it was just a tough room. Just a tough it's just room. People in the Hamptons what don't room? have a sense what? of humor. Oh. <laughs> what room was it? Where was it? West Hampton Beach Performing Arts Center. Okay, I'm not familiar because I've all I'm, the way down. I used to play out there fairly frequently. Yeah. Being up there, uh, and it was always it always sucked. It was always, always horrible. It was the money would be good, but yeah. otherwise it's yeah. It, yeah. They were just like weird entitled crowds. It, there was like no connection, and yeah. I'm like, I am putting everything into it, <laughs> and I'm getting nothing in return. And then I just went through the motions and just finished <laughs> like, blandly and just to fulfill my time. If he cuts his set in half, then there's something dramatically oh, wrong because yeah. he's he's another state of the art. 
but it's great to watch somebody at his level work yeah. through the same crap that I'm working through. Yeah. Like, did, it was cool that, like, no matter how famous or successful you get, there are still going to be bad nights. Did you get to compare notes a little bit with him, or was he uh, out of there? It was, he was out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and but I'm, you've been opening for him for a while. Oh, a while ago, yeah. He was really good to me for a long, long time when he went from the clubs to the theaters. Like, I opened for him in a couple clubs when... He wasn't even selling those out yet. Yeah. And then what was really cool was started doing theaters, and then we, when he did the tower here, he asked me to open for him. Wow. So I've seen so much comedy there and the Foo Fighters and everybody. So it was cool to do my set at the tower. Yeah. Nice. Different audience. And so... Oh, t- uh, yeah. Better. <laughs> not Long Islandy. But <laughs> so Tony Danza gave you his blessing. How he about did. that? Yeah, he's he's a good man for a pep talk. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a rough day, but yeah, Tony, Tony Danza Danza comes talk? around. Yeah. You know, Nick's dad hates him. Yeah, my he dad hates is, him. My dad's yeah. not a fan. And yep. one time we had Tony Danza on, and uh, and Tony was like a little flummoxed by the fact that my dad couldn't stand him. So he, Tony, in, in in his very Tony Danza way, he said, "We'll bring him to the show sometime." And it was like he he was genuine and he was nice about it. How did that come up? Tony's my, my dad. Uh, he doesn't like you. Well, it's sort of been a, a long-running thing on the show. My dad forbade us from watching Who's the Boss when we were growing up. He, he loved Taxi, but he found Tony to be annoying. And so my dad just couldn't stand Tony Danza and probably to this day still doesn't like him. So it just sort of became a sort of running a joke, running joke here. And then when we had Tony on, it worked its way into the conversation as well. And Tony couldn't have... He, he handled it. He took the high road, and I was impressed by that. He's, he's so nice. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy that met him for 90 seconds five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pat, with the gigs coming up next week, uh, by then we'll know the fate of uh, the Phils. Yep. And what is happening. Uh, you, as a comedian and doing a local show, I'm sure we'll have a thing or two to say about that. Yeah, I'm just, you know what, this could go one of two ways. If there is a parade, it could make my show the best, or it could make <laughs> my show the worst. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. love a full room at Helium, but I don't want a room full of Phillies fans that have been drinking for 13 hours. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So why wouldn't that be a great audience? So we're going to be down at the camp out. Uh, yeah, you know, and I will absolutely swing by. The, yeah, right. Right. yeah, yeah. Come down and see you guys. Yeah, we're wondering if, if a parade does happen, you know, it would end up there. I know. And we'll be in the middle of Crazy that. Crazy timing for everything in Philadelphia yes. right now. Does that always seem to be the case? It's like, it, it's like it can't No, because the Phillies aren't in the World Series that often. Yeah. <laughs> but it can't get spaced out. Like, nothing gets yeah. spaced out. It all has to happen. Everything, all, uh, what was the movie? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Right. And that's what, what seems to happen here. It's, you know, get no breakout, a little time to acclimate. Everybody's doing great now. Yeah, we're going to cram yeah. all of this into just one week. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Get out of the way. Can I bring up something you guys talked about earlier? Absolutely. You guys were talking about knockoff T-shirts in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a 1998 Y100 Festival shirt and a 1999 Feastival shirt that held up for years. Both bought in the parking lot on those days. Really? And they have held. Well, I mean, they did for a long time then. They're since gone. Okay. (laughs) But in retirement. Do you still have your Fez from the festival? I absolutely do. Brett Hamilton signed it. I think I still have it. (laughs) And you guys were talking about that reunion on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear that. Those Fez coming out. Really popular. That 98 festival, still the best show of my life. Do you remember who was on that bill? Oh, my God. Green Day, Everclear. Oh, yeah. Boston's Cherry Pop and Daddies. Yeah. Wow. That was a good one. That was phenomenal. Really, we were, man, we had the Beasties one time. Yeah, that yeah. was the year we had before. Some really I think. big ones. They, they used to go. There used to be these big tours, these summer tours with these bands. It, it almost like just add water, and you had yourself oh, a, a, a festival. 
Even and that side stage had uh, like fuel and corner shops. Yep. Yeah. I remember everything yep. about that day. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So that shirt else. held up for a long time. And I think I think I met you guys. I think I met you that day. I think I got an autograph on Possibly. Too. I can't Possibly. believe you brought up corner shop as if they're like a huge name. <laughs> I know. Brimful of ashes. I know. Brim- yeah, one song. A- wow. <laughs> <laughs> they had a follow up. Green Day to corner shop. On the left side. Yeah. <laughs> um, are, are you? Uh, do you like taking your 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 chances with knockoff uh, parking lot merchandise? <laughs> I haven't done it in so long. But yeah. I definitely did more when I was a teenager and stuff because it was cheaper than the parking lot. So yeah. it was just like five bucks. Yeah, absolutely. You ever yeah. come out of the pharmacy and there's a guy in the parking lot selling knockoff drugs? Yeah, <laughs> same, same sort of vibe. Yeah, no, it's uh, you, you, to take the risk, to me, my perception is anytime I've ever bought one of those things, as we said earlier, the first time you wash it, they disintegrate. Yeah. Like, Kat, Kathy, you lost your, uh, your Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. Billy Joel disappeared. <laughs> disappeared right off the shirt. Hey, Pat, did you put in for uh, the lottery for Phil's tickets at all? I or? did not. You didn't? Okay. No, because with the shows and everything, like, I just knew it wouldn't I work can't out. be there tonight, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very awkward to tweet, headlining Helium Comedy Club. Sorry, guys. Other plans now. <laughs> I, got, I got my rejection letter. I ended up getting tickets uh, elsewhere. Where, but uh, but I but I entered for the hell of it, and, and uh, I, I, for, for some bizarre reason, I thought, yeah, I'll probably get them. I, I, I thought I yeah, felt right. pretty confident, and I got that rejection letter. I know a couple of people who did get them, and I'm like, wow, you just yeah, no kid, yeah, two people, yeah, okay. All Yesterday right. seemed like the longest day, like waiting for the rain delay for the game to start. Yeah. And then it was just the longest time to make an announcement. Now we have to wait another full day. Like, I was so excited all day yesterday just to have that smashed around, was it 6 o'clock, 6.30? Yeah, it was a little frustrating that they kept delaying it, but... um I'm glad that they made that decision eventually. I think it makes sense for both teams involved. And, and uh, listen, it just pushes everything back by a day. We'll, Absolutely. We'll and be fine, yeah. It'll uh, be beautiful the next couple of days. By the way, somebody the just texted in and said your birthday's on Friday. It is? It says, Friday, FYI, Friday is a big day. Happy birthday, Pat House. Sign wow. Mrs. House. <laughs> is, 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 your, is, that, is that incorrect? No, no, that's, yeah, that was Friday. It's Friday. You, you seem you seem like you're in denial. No, What's no. The, it's, I'll, I'll show you my license. <laughs> it's November 4th. Is it a big one? I'm, 24. Ah, that's oh, a big one. Yeah. 38. 38. <laughs> not even. <laughs> <laughs> that was there for my 50th birthday. He that's did a right. set at I my 50th there. birthday party, which Dude, was awesome. That was such a fun night. I remember the, just playing Five Times Famous, yep. who mm-hmm. are so awesome, and us just closing out the night by playing Everlong. Yep. That was so much fun. I you had, on the drums, I would, on the guitar, oh, that was... I have now become a uh, a sometime member of the band. I've seen I, that on I on play Instagram. with them down at the shore, which That's is awesome. awesome. Yeah, we have to come and do a set. It'll be like old times. Absolutely, you and you and me and five times for you guys. All right, fair <laughs> enough. I love it. Let's book this tour all across Delco. All right. In the meantime, uh, the shows are next Tuesday and Wednesday at Helium uh, Comedy Club. You can go to heliumcomedy.com and get tickets. But it's good to see you, man. And hopefully, you you'll be talking about a victory next week. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Bad house, guys. And PrestonCentralHealingComedy.com to get your tickets to see him. We will take a break. Uh, we'll come back in a second and we'll get the lesson question. Trash music news. Don't forget tattoos day as well. So text word tattoo uh, to 39333. We'll be right back. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. 
Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, Tuesday morning, flying right by. It's wonderful. We'll get our second letter for the Word of the Week prize coming up the program at the end, actually, in a little while. So don't miss it. We want you to win cash this time around. Uh, we have some other things to give away now, though. And this is via the lesson question for today. We are going to see if you've been paying attention, and we're going to give away tickets to see Paul Reiser, who we love. Uh, who's going to be playing at the Keswick Theater on Friday, November 11th. And the question, I think we're going to go with this morning, is when it came to love from his father, Steve ranked just below which household <laughs> item? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. When it came to love from his father, Steve ranked just below which household item? 215-263-WMMR. Call now. Let's see if you can get it. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. This morning it is brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Head to the Viraggio Bridal Sale November 3rd through the 5th for huge savings on Viraggio engagement rings. And you can save hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars at South Jersey's Diamond Destination. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, 25-year-old Jake Paul winning his bout with 47-year-old former UFC champion uh, Anderson Silva on Saturday. Paul says he's already hungry hungry for another fight, this time with someone born during the Cuban Missile Crisis. (laughs) Uh (laughs) 76-year-old Dolly Parton revealing that she's done touring. The legendary entertainer says she probably would continue to tour, but she can't find her bus, Nick. Oh, <laughs> God. Huh. That's a mystery. Can't find her bus. <laughs> Dak Shepard opening about up, up, up. Excuse me. Let me try that again. Dak Shepard opening up about his family, saying he and wife Kristen Bell initially wanted just one child. Shepard says that all changed in the most magical way when the condom broke. Oh. <laughs> That's your Hollywood. <laughs> We're going to the phone. See if somebody knows the answer to this. When it came to love from his father, Steve ranked just below which household item? 215-263-WMMR, our number. And it is Taylor who gets to take a shot at this. Hi there, Taylor. Hey, how you doing? Awesome, man. All right, so when it came to love from his father, Steve ranked just below which household item? The bathroom towel. Yeah. The bathroom towel. It was a good towel. Taylor, hang on. You won, and we're going to give you a pair of tickets to see uh, Paul Reiser, who's going to be playing Friday, November 11th at the Keswick Theater in Glenside. Tickets are on sale now via AXS.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. So, Deadline Reports. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All right, we have a sponsor. It's brought to you. By Lincoln Mill Haunted House. Are you brave enough to explore the horrific history of Lincoln Mill Haunted House? They're open every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday through November 5th. And tickets are available at LincolnMillHaunted.com. So Deadline reports that Screen Media has picked up the worldwide rights to Tom DeLonge's directorial debut, Monsters of California. Uh, The Blink-182 frontman also wrote the scripts 
and performed original music for the sci-fi adventure film about a teen and his friends who investigate a series of mysterious paranormal events. Uh, it will star Jack Sampson, Camille Kostek, Casper Van Dien, Richard Kind, and uh, Ariane Zucker. Casper Van Dien was from uh, Starship Troopers. You remember the uh, the lead actor in that? Uh, no. That's a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. And Richard Kind, we just spoke yeah, to him, yeah. which is pretty cool. Motley Crue bassist Nikki Six took to Twitter to chat about the band's new guitarist, John Five. John Five will be taking over live duties from co-founding member Mick Mars as he retires from the road due to health issues. Uh, Nikki explained why John was perfect uh, for the band. He said he checks all the boxes. He's uh, an insane player, has respect for our music, is funny as F, and has a history with us, and we've written some pretty big hits together. Um, so, Ultimate Classic Guitar shed light on John Five's connection to the crew. In addition to being close friends with members for years, John Five co-wrote a number of the original songs that appeared on the Motley Crue 2019 biopic, The Dirt. He also collaborated with the celebrated songwriter Desmond Child and Nikki Six on writing the song "The This uh, The Monster Is Loose" and for uh, for Meatloaf, and has played with. Uh, the crew bassist in the L.A. Rat Supergroup, which also includes Rob Zombie and drummer Tommy Clufettos. If you were to assess Mick Mars' capabilities. I think he's awesome. Yeah. I think he's a great guitar player. There, there are some guitar solos uh, in some of those crew songs that I think are pretty ripping. So I think he's a really solid guitar player. It's good to hear that. Uh, Nikki Six was asked if the band has any plans on packing it in after the next set of dates and answered... Uh, we have no plans of stopping now. We're having two grand of a time, and in a short eight years, we will celebrate 50 years together as a band. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Uh, Six took time out to salute Mick Mars, posting he's been a soldier along with us for four decades. Uh, we'll continue to carry our legacy to generations of fans and honor Mick's request for us to keep touring as Motley Crue. On our 50th, on this show's 50th anniversary, um, how do you anticipate things will be? Um, I think that, uh, I think we'll get Buckethead to fill in for for you when you retire, I think so, yeah. Uh, The the Who's ultimate fan, Eddie Vedder, was on hand this past October 29th uh, to join the band at a private benefit show in Los Angeles. Uh, He joined a scaled-back acoustic version of the band as a Teenage Cancer America fundraiser. uh, Or it was at a Teenage Cancer America fundraiser. That's his big uh, charity. uh, As they tore through their 1970 classic, The Seeker. Uh, During a chat with Mojo earlier this year, Pete Townsend shed light on how his friendship with Vetter has blossomed with this singer and his two brothers, Paul and Simon Townsend. Uh, he said, we've been very good friends, but it goes much further than that. He is also a very good friend of my two brothers. Uh, they are much younger than me. Simon is 14 years younger. My brother Paul is 12 years younger. And they still live in the uh, on the same street that I grew up in in England. Uh, he went on to say, and often I'll hear from, you know, somebody in Ealing Common saying, oh, we saw Eddie Vedder and your brother Paul in the pub the other day. And I'm like, I didn't even know he was here. And, oh, he was just passing through, but he bought a few rounds. He said, in other words, people in Paul's local pub <laughs> in Ealing know Eddie Vedder probably as well as anybody. So he's a regular hanging out with if that the group. opportunity to tell Pete and Roger about a special man named Nick <laughs> really impacted my life a number of years ago. And uh, it's my great desire to one day introduce them to Nick and so they can see what I've been going on about. I know I'm probably boring them to tears with this, but... 
You got to be with him to know what I'm talking about. He really, he was smitten with you, man. Yeah, well, that's adorable. Uh, to see Eddie um, with Pete is pretty cool because that's his idol. And is that his absolute yeah, idol? And, yeah, and so he looks up to him so much. And you can tell he's still, like, a little nervous being around the who. Right. He loves Roger. He loves Pete. I made, um, I made a pee in my pants. <laughs> but if I became friends with Eddie Vedder, uh, oh. I would I would act around Eddie Vedder the way that Eddie acts around Pete. Sure. Yeah. Did you ever see the Terminator? <laughs> Yeah, right, I would. That's awesome. Yeah, remember, remember that, Eddie. Yeah, uh, Monaskin. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you think it's bad being behind blue eyes? These questions need to be asked. Uh, Monaskin will drop their third full-length album called Rush on January twentieth. Uh, the band made the announcement on Monday as they kicked off their Loud Kids World Tour. Uh, Rush serves as the follow-up to their blockbuster sophomore album, uh, which is uh, Teatro Diera Volume 1. They're that Italian. the aardvark has the runs. Uh, which was released in 2021. And speaking of Rush, Neil Peart has, uh, of course, he passed away at the age of 68. Now, after almost a year and a half after his, uh, his passing, uh, his sports car collection is going on auction at California's Pebble Beach auction. How big is that? Uh, well, he, they're selling seven of his cars. He was a... Cars were his passion. Okay. Uh, so, I would have thought motorcycles. Uh, well, he has those two. Mainly d- d- uh, one touring bike for the most part, but but his collection was of cars. Uh, he has a huge collection. He has plenty of sports vehicles, uh, and he had a group of them called the Silver Surfers. And now seven of his collection... Uh, cars are getting ready for an auction that will take place in California. So all of the cars are silver. I think They're I've seen these. They're silver. pretty yeah. amazing. Uh, for any car enthusiast, the cars are uh, that are going to be auctioned are very special pieces. The prices vary between 150000 to $1.5 million. Um, he is selling his 1963 Corvette split window coupe, his 1964 Aston Martin DB5, his 64 Jaguar E-Type series, his 65 Maserati Mistral Spider, uh, his 1970 Lamborghini uh, Miura P400S, and his 1973 Maserati Ghibli 4.9 SS Coupe. These are beautiful vehicles. Yeah, yeah they're gorgeous. The Aston Martin is the one that, uh, that catches my eye, but yeah, they're they're phenomenal. So um, I'm not sure exactly when they're going on sale, but that... Um, I'm going to want to start Pebble, my bidding now. Uh, that Pebble Beach uh, car show and auction is, uh, is one of the biggies of the year. So uh, Neil's uh, stuff is going up for grabs. I would love, 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 love. Uh, to get my hands well, on that. You're going to win the lottery. Not just because they're great cars, but because of the ownership as well. Was well, there any memorabilia you would get? I mean, obviously something drum related, you know? If Oh, if I won the lottery? Well, I mean, even even without the lottery, is there something that you would attempt to get of his, being that he's so... No. A drum head? I mean, if I... His if head? I, if I won the lottery... No, not his head. My uh, head. I would try to, to to maybe buy one of his classic drum kits, his his uh, his Tama right. um, uh, Super Mahogany kit from uh, 1981. I think I would love. What do you think something like that would go for? To have that? I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure. Some of them are in uh, you know museums, right, uh, right, right. Like I think his original Slingerland kit might be in the in the Slingerland Museum. I'm not really sure, but. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty cool. All right, and there you go. That's what we have in music news for you. We have one more break to take. We're going to do that now. When we come back, we wrap up the show. We'll get the letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize as well, and then turn it over to Pierre. Make sure you stay with us because we'll be back shortly. 
of Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. As we are coming to a close on a Tuesday morning, uh, Tab Tuesday, by the way, we'll get a winner here in just a second, but I would like to thank our guests on the show. Number one, we had uh, Dan Emmer, who's from the uh, Worthwhile Wear uh, charity organization, which is uh, for people who are victims of uh, sex trafficking and uh, gets them out of those environments and also not only gives them a safe place to stay, but uh, helps them out with um, uh Putting their own life together. Yes, turning things back around and getting a career and getting, uh, you know, counseling and all that stuff. So they have their 10-year gala Friday the 11th at uh, Franklin Commons in Phoenixville. And you can go to Worthwhile Wear Gala or WorthwhileWear.org for information. Or you can check PrestonandSteve.com. Also, thank you to Brandon Eric Kamen. Yeah, hey, hey. Writer, director, and producer of the movie Rittenhouse Square starring Nick Nolte. Shot in Rittenhouse Square. And it was cool to have him. Pierre was our connection to him, and uh, uh, we got him here, and uh, he was a great guy. Had a wonderful conversation with him. And then our buddy Pat Howes. Hey! Helium Comedy Club next Wednesday and Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. You can go to heliumcomedy.com to get tickets. It was uh, nice to have those guys by today. Uh, Pierre is indeed here. How you doing, man? I wish I knew he was coming today. I would have come in early. I had a whole bunch of questions I wanted to ask him. Oh, well, man. Well, I was curious how long it took them to uh, make the film because... Three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Because using Rittenhouse Square uh, to get permits to use a place like that it can't have been an easy process. He said there were some super expensive permit packages you could have gone with. They went with a, a one that was viable, huh. and that I asked him how do you how do you quadrant off that large area right. so you don't have people just standing looking. Uh, and he said people were kind of very um, they got it, so they didn't want to screw things up and did what they were doing, and he was able to get it done. Oh, wow, it's wild. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, I, you know, I'm not um, the, the, a movie buff to the degree you guys are, but Nick Nolte's performance in there, I, I, I don't know. I think it could be Academy Award winning. Oh, I hope it is. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, um, he, it, he's just very moving in it. So, cool. Who knows? Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm glad you had him on. It's cool. Yeah, very nice guy. I, and I got, when they had the premiere uh, a week ago, as I told you, that one of the sponsors that evening said, Pierre, come up on the red carpet. I said, no. What were you talking about with the comedian today, imposter syndrome or yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. something? Because um, she said, come up with me on the red carpet with Nick Nolte <laughs> and the director and and three of the actors that were in the film. I go, I have no business being on that stage. Right. Yeah, and she goes, no. And then she pulls me up there and they're, you know, I mean, it's it's not Hollywood. But it's just little mini paparazzi yeah, yeah, yeah. shots going fired, and you know, and Nick Nolte looks over at me, and I nod, and he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it was a very bonding moment, right? So, anyway. um, I'm guessing you had a bonding moment last night. I'm curious what strip club you were hanging out in. You have what? glitter all over your face. Uh, I do. Do you? Yes, you do. 
You're, really? you're sparkling. Like when you turn this way and that way, I see. Do you see? Do you guys sparkle, see it? Sparkle. What did you do? Do you guys see all those sparkles in I his do beard? Not. Yeah. I do. I see it in his beard. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm always looking at. Oh, did you there take you out go. some Christmas you sure decorations? It's not just water. No, it's that's no. Those are sparkles. Yeah, yeah sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. It was Halloween last night. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Do you use any type of face lotion? Yeah, but um, it, it doesn't have, have sparkles. Gl- in it. It. I think it there's, might. There's, there's some. Some does have. No, <laughs> the fairy came. Oh, and sparkle fairy. The sparkle, the sparkle fairy. fairy. Yeah. Oh, you got a very good boy. But it was a he. <laughs> More on that another time. But no, I, it's funny. Good. As you turn You're your head, a good boy. As you turn your head, that uh, your beard wow. is shimmering. Oh. Well, I did. I did not know that. Now, yesterday there was. We're getting a new um, music system soon, right? Uh, and after campout, we will have it. And so we've all been training on it. And this really nice guy from Chicago, Eric, uh, came in to train us, and he's got long black hair. And Sarah did a cute little video, and yesterday he dressed like me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh. In fact, he, I kept I kept coming around the corner as I was walking around, going to meetings and doing the things that we do here around the office. And he'd come walking around the corner, and for the split second, I thought it was you. Right. Like, every time. It was hilarious. <laughs> and he wore jeans, and he happened to wear a gray T-shirt, and I'm wearing a gray T-shirt, and he whited out his beard, <laughs> yeah. and he put on glasses, and he put on, um, you know, I always have some medals like necklace or, or necklaces something, yeah. of some kind, and he had necklaces, and Sarah did this brilliant shot where the two of us are... Uh, each of us stands near the studio console, and she zoomed in on me, and then zoomed out, and it was him. <laughs> uh, it's on all the station socials. So, oh, that's great! It's a cute little video. But, yeah. Uh, anyway. And that's, that's the same guy that gave Casey a hard time about the chocolate square. Yes. But yeah. I spoke to him more about it. It wasn't about the size of the chocolate. It was that he was saying that that specific chocolate, was it Ghirardelli? Yeah. Uh, you have to savor. So he was saying, uh, you savor the chocolate. You're eating it a little too fast. Mm. He wasn't necessarily giving him a hard time about the size. Gotcha. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. They sell those down at Pagano's, our new they market. Uh, and they're really quite wonderful. Uh, I, I usually try to get one every day. <laughs> Um, there it is. There it is. That's there my boy. Uh, letter of the day? Yeah. Preston right. and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. A as in absolutely. All right, and we're going to give away $500 on Friday from the Bagster. <gasps> the Bagster uh, is by far the most convenient and affordable way to help with your home cleanup. You can go buy it at any home improvement store. Uh, you can fill it and simply schedule your collection, and it's gone. Clean it up with the Bagster dumpster in a bag. Uh, so what's up on your program today? Well, um, we will have tickets for The Last Waltz with some very, um, it's a recreation of The Last Waltz coming to the Met. I think this Sunday, in fact, uh, Warren Haynes and all kinds of very talented players will be a part of it. Um, and uh, we've got tickets for that. Also, we have a Primo Tailgate Tuesday prize pack to give away. And we have workforce blocks of U2 and Bush and Volbeat. And uh, we also have, um, you call it Double Shot Tuesday. Nice. Wonderful. All right. Uh, uh, by the way, today's Tuesday. Uh, we have a Tattoo Day winner. So I'd like to congratulate Mr. Charles Leamy, yeah. who is from Parksburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, Charles 
Just got a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. And it's uh, you can find them at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. Uh, for their artwork samples, you can visit floatingworldtattoos.com or you can check them out on Instagram at floatingworldtattoos. We'll do another one next week. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today. By Duncan, the President and Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, and by Primo Hoagies. Wherever you're watching the game, score big and serve in style with Primo Hoagies. It's not just a hoagie, it's a Primo. Uh, tomorrow on our show, Wednesday, Secret Text Word, Fox Good Day. We do those things. And if you like Sopranos and you'll like the fact that we have Michael Imperioli who will be cool. on the show tomorrow. And we'll see what else we can get into. So that's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole thing. Houston, we have a problem.